like a like that. Was he inhales? And I pushed. The guy shoots a piece of pasta about this big, a moon-shaped orange-green pasta out of his mouth. And John's like, on the inhale, it goes into John's mouth and swallows it. And I go, just to let you know, because you should know. I still wear a speedo. Jesus. Yeah. I used to swim all the time. You better wear a, a speedo. Just keep this for the conversation. We're good. <laughs> all right. We're we're good. <clears throat> okay. Today we're going to interview a, a good friend of mine, a professional lifeguard. He's also a musician. He has a great voice. We're going to talk about that as well. This is Sean Green. He's going to tell us what it's like from when he started lifeguarding up until teaching academies. His observation skills have saved thousands of life on the ocean. For example, how the heck do you watch 80,000 people in the water and figure out which one needs to be rescued? We're going to break it down with Sean Green. Stay tuned. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, man. Good morning. Thanks for hey, having good me. Good morning. All right, yeah. Sean. So how are you guys doing? You? Good to see you. Yeah, What's up, brother? What's happening? How are you, buddy? Not bad. We're just doing these nice YouTube shows and interviewing some really nice people. I like it. Like morning. your studio, yeah, the like green it. room. It's yeah. nice. Very professional. Very cool. Yeah, we still yep. need some, uh, maybe some alcoholic beverages to calm people down. Maybe a shot of tequila here and there. But what yeah, kind yeah, of tequila? Yeah. Uh, I like Don Julio Forty Two. Silver's good, shaking over rice. I like the Herajura. No, you Silver. know what I have? It's called Addictivo, and you know why it's called Addictivo? Because it's Addictivo. <laughs> it <laughs> really it? no, it's good, and it's the kind of tequila that when you go to the store, it's behind a cage. So you just can't All grab All of them are behind cages now. No, no. Ripping shit off. Some of them, they put this cap on it so you can't steal oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's this, behind. Yeah, no, this yeah. is in a cage. Yeah, I don't Some know. wild stuff. Right. I should bring it. You should. I drank it all. <laughs> I get mine at, um, at at Costco. They have these really nice bottles. They have some good deals at Costco, too. Costco has some They're stuff. They're Costadoras. They get, it, they get the one liter instead of the 7.5. Uh, right. So it's bigger than most usually sell in the store. And they get that goes on sale. It's like 29 to 32 bucks a bottle, right? right. Costco sells it, if you buy two minimum, sixteen ninety nine each. Uh, anyway, so I'll, you, I'll get a you case You know who adds good tequila someone. also? Uh. George Clooney. George yeah. Clooney, yeah. That he George Clooney. I think he became a billionaire off of that. Casamigos. Is that, what is that? Casamigos. It's good. It's about, about 55 bucks for a bottle. Okay. It's good yeah. Stuff. yeah, it's Smooth. not bad. Yeah. yeah. Someone else just came up with their own tequila, one of these. That's the big a That's a big thing. Yeah, the famous like the mo- famous people are becoming... Either vodka or tequila. Now, there's a really something. good surfer out of Solana Beach that has his own in a really nice bottle. It's like yeah. 80 bucks or so, and he has that going on. There's mm. one that tastes like an old-fashioned. It's a smoky type of... Uh, I think they keep the tequila in a, a burnt-out uh, oak barrel. Yeah, years. oak barrels, any of the anejos have to be there for two-plus years, three-year right. anejos, and so those are kept in oak, where the silvers are in a glass or silver container, and then the reposados are oak, but for six months or more, so a little less smoky, so it depends on what you want Ooh, for that taste. a tequila connoisseur. You know well, what's funny to, about Sean? Yeah. He knows, Sean knows about everything. everything. Yeah, he, Sean knows everything. He's like Seanopedia. So let me ask you, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> he does. Anyway, I have no idea what you guys are going to talk about today. Oh, yeah, you do. I want to say what we're talking about. We're going to talk about you and I used to work together. Yeah, we as did. lifeguards. I yeah. think we had some good times, right? That's why I'd be here in a second if you asked me. Yeah, exactly. We have this little group of friends at 724, 24-7. It's a group of guys I can call. They'll be at my house. They'll be anywhere Let in the Let me ask you a question about lifeguards uh, that I know, but I'm going to ask you. How much of your job entailed law enforcement? Because I don't think people understood 
the kind of stuff that it you guys... It changed over the years. It started off with, no, you're from working for the park and rec department, 50s and 60s, and not too much unless the shit went down. And then as we started funneling our political money that we were making off tickets, whatever else, you know, towards the city general fund, it started getting more involved. You know, so we started doing parking tickets and we started doing regular citations, dogs on the beach and things like that. And then it progressed to, well, if people were stealing things on the beach or assaulting. Let's get the cops there. Well, if we don't have a beach team that's out there, we're the beach team. So we started getting the funding to get some beach team guys. But if they're already two miles up the coast, you know, on some patrol, we have to do something and somebody comes in in a fight or we jumping in. And we're lifeguards. We're in top notch shape. We got six and eight packs and I have no problem jumping in the middle of three guys and throwing them down. This is the way right. it went down. It's even better when you get them in the water. But the state yeah. lifeguards carry guns. They do. Yeah, there's some state yeah. lifeguards. Well, not all well, of here, them, but some. Well, here in San Diego, they do. The permanent I've ones. Seen, right, I've seen yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, they, the, not the uh, so they're ones. So are lifeguards peace officers? Yes. Yes and no. They have a limited status on the ocean front, and they did have a full peace officer status, 833.33B, bike boy, as a uh, peace officer on the bay because we drive harbor patrol boats and we needed to make stops on vessels that might have weapons. And then the hotel owners on Mission Bay wanted us to be able to intervene if somebody robbed a hotel and took a boat across the way. Right. And so subsequently we got boats that could do that. We had training that could do that. We carried PR-24s, which are like a a baton side handle. Right. You know, we didn't get gun permission because they had to put a what do you put your gun? All that. And then our lifeguard chief didn't want us to go there. And it went back and forth for a few years. After that, uh, the law enforcement subsided to just pretty much what we thought was necessary to have for the training, and then we put more police officers around for the backup. What about that? It got, it got weird after 9-11 because then they gave the lifeguards actual Geiger, Geiger counters, right, where they would stop. I remember David Raines was in charge of that, and in case somebody wanted to smuggle in some type of uh, – a weapon coming into Mission Bay. They There's a lot that goes on. What, there. You, guys uranium, EA, what? you got customs. They were right. looking for uranium or uh, bombs? Uh, uh, any type of device with uh, nuclear capabilities like a uh, dumb bomb. So what, you're supposed to stop terrorists? Well, it's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. No gun, no anything. And uh, to pull over that random boat and check his equipment, I would, I would just say don't do that. Remember that story about the, the mail truck? Was that you? I do. That was me. Oh, that the was story got out of t- hand a little bit. Right. You want to know that story? Can you still tell it? Sure. Can the, you tell it? Yeah. The, the, these people say I commandeered a mail truck uh, to do something, and they, that's just how the story got pushed. But I was out on Mission Bay as a Harbor Patrol officer for the lifeguard service, and I get a call that there's a cover now on a lifeguard on the ocean front that had chased a person that was a stolen bike. Explain what cover now means. Uh, cover now means somebody that is in law enforcement needs emergency backup right away. Now, we have another code that means... I'm going down, but it wasn't that one. It's the one just previous. Cover now, cover code three, uh, respond code three. That means I need backup. Right. There's a 1098 as well. But anyway, the point being, I get the call and I'm like, okay, where's he at? Well, he's down at like Jamaica Court, which is on Mission Beach, if you know, from the roller coaster, probably about four or five courts to your north. I'm out by Santa Clara, so I'm on, on the bay side. That's another seven courts down. So I jump off my boat and beach it, and I'm going to be running seven courts with my police baton, radio, and a heavy you know, buckle and I'm taking off. This guy needs backup in the middle. I don't know what he's doing. He's getting right. beat up, stabbed or whatever. Right. So I start running and I get to the street and a mail truck, this lady comes by and she's got one of the old trucks with like this pole on it you can step on. And I go, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm huffing and puffing a little bit. I mean, I'm sprinting for a cover now and I got a, a lot of weight on me. Not me personally, but the belt. And I turn and uh, 
And I go, can I hop on for a ride down there? She's like, yeah, yeah, hop on. I go, I just go straight away, drop me off stop sign. I get, a stop, get at the stop sign and start running up. And I hear, <laughs> he's clear, I'm clear, it's okay, suspect apprehended. So I'm like, Jesus, okay. Start walking back to my boat. I get back to the, the lifeguard headquarters and I'm telling a story. And uh, Dave Cockrum, uh, rest in peace, great lifeguard, uh, he'd like to get our stories and embellish a little bit. So right. I go, yeah, I had to hop on this mail truck and do this. Next thing you know, the next morning I get called into the lieutenant. He's like, I heard you told a male uh, officer, a lady, um, mail carrier, stop, halt, I'm taking over your vehicle, give me a ride <laughs> down immediately. And I'm like, no, that's not how it went down. I was like, hey, can I get a ride? Like hitchhiking pretty much. Right. And so that's so the story's right. gone away since oh. then. Well, the story is you commandeered a mail truck. Yeah. The story the, is I was trying to help a, a fellow officer that was in need. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. All right. Right? That's yeah, how it there is. You go. There's a, you know, the, you know Frankie and I got some crazy ones. We were going down Mission Beach one time. I'm uh, oh, sorry, Ocean Beach. And we're taking off. And all of a sudden, these people just start running at us. And they're like, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. And we're driving towards. And I'm just like, who's got a gun? And they can't stop and tell us. <laughs> right. They're running. And I'm like, are we going to get shot through the windshield? Whatever. And I get Frank. And Frank's like, let's get him. And I'm like. All right, let's go. We just start driving towards that direction, which nowadays you wouldn't do, but right. you know, we're 24 and full of muscle and want right. to save the world, right? Exactly. Save the lifeguards. It's just one world. gun. Did he have a gun? Uh, yeah. yeah, he had a gun. So, yeah, so we get there. He had retreated <laughs> oh, to the parking lot, and we got uh, his location where he was. We called him for police backup at that time, and then they came and handcuffed him, searched the vehicle, and found the weapon, a big revolver. Were you, there, were you there when Remember we, that, uh, Frankie? Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember the one funny one. Uh, we had this really big, I think it was Samoan, b but a huge, huge The guy. Kelly Clark one? The Kelly Clark oh, one. Yeah. Who's Kelly H? Clark, the singer? Uh, no, we, got, we had a lifeguard. We called him Killer. Oh, Killer Clark, yeah. Was, I, I, never, five, that's a, five, I never four, knew his, by about a buck twenty. I never knew his first name. <laughs> I said Killer Clark. Yes, Kelly Killer. Clark. Yeah. Kelly. So he was a little guy. He was like 100, 120 pounds, 150 yeah. pounds maybe. Brother was a customs agent. So what happened was we got this uh, warning that we had to give for a person going into a rip current. And so we get a, you get in the vehicle and you go, uh, attention, one guy here, waist deep water, can you please turn around and move to the north? And apparently this guy was in the middle of praying, okay, so. Uh, what do you mean praying? He was just praying to God. He in was a rip current? In a rip current, in the water. We don't know why. <laughs> so he came, up to our, he came up to our truck and we go, scoot over and he goes, you interrupted my praying. And this guy was like, I'm not kidding. Huge. Huge. Maybe 350, pretty much solid. You know how Samoans are yeah, built. They're yeah, big dude. Big guy. Kick your ass, Six, huh? four, just monstrous. And I was trying to talk calm. Like, I didn't mean to interrupt your praying, but uh, all you got to do is scoot over. And he goes, you interrupted my praying. And then he calms down, and then he walks to the sand and starts smoking a joint. So I'm like, oh, shit. How do we, what do we, now he's smoking weed. This is before weed was legal. Correct. And he's puffing on us a big old, you know, big joint. And, trying to uh, calm down. So, so yeah. So we went up to him and go, "Hey, can't really smoke weed." So now he's pissed. So the next day, he goes to the main lifeguard tower. Shows up at Mission Beach Main Tower. Yeah, the main knocks tower. on the door. Kelly Clark opens up. Go ahead. And he just grabs him by the neck and picks him up. Choking, so the, strangling him. Yeah, strangling him. So I'm, I'm no, uh, I don't. No, I wasn't there yet. And he brings him into the tower. Well, this guy can't even yell for help because he's being strangled to death, and he's a little guy, so he's like, it's like one of those movies. He's picking him off the ground. Yeah. The guy's squirming around, so the lieutenant sees what's going on, and he comes down with a baton, 
and and he just throws it at the guy because <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to come. He's yeah. huge. And then the guy starts chasing the lieutenant, who is another big guy yeah. in the parking garage, jumping over anyway. lifeguard trucks. He wants to murder people. And it was right after Rodney King, that episode with Rodney King, and so the police swarmed, and we go, hey, we got a guy like beating the shit out of lifeguards in the tower, and no one can stop him. Uh, he's unstoppable. And he, so when the police got there, he was walking down the boardwalk, and they jumped on him. But it started to look a little bit of Rodney Kingish, you know. So it's like, yeah. hey, chill out, man. This guy, but he's not fighting back. But did just can't move him, and he's struggling. And then I got there, and I remembered him from the day before. And I'm like, hey, it's Frank. Uh, can you just put your hands behind your back? Because we got to put cuffs on you. He goes, I'll do it for you, but I want an apology for interrupting my my praying the day before. I didn't know he he had just got done strangling people and beating up right. the lieutenant. And you can't get the cuffs on the back. He's too big. So you got to go cuff, right. and you got to go. Right. He took two cuffs. No, he took three yeah, cuffs. Took, yeah. one, three? Two, the plastic three. cuff in the middle, and yeah. he hooked that to oh the other God. one. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, it was big a kid. disaster. And then he went, and then, so what happened was. He had to get temporary restraining order. Kelly did. Yeah, yeah. so, and we kind of messed with Kelly. So when we were in court, <laughs> we're all in court because this guy, apparently he even broke one of those steel toilets in the jail. He was really pissed that day. <laughs> He, he had, like, freaky strength, man. We're, like, all scared of him. And so we get in the court and we see the guy. And then the guy looks at us. You know, but he was kind of looking at me, but just to mess with Kelly, I go, dude, he's giving you the death stare. Look at him. He's going to get you one day. I shouldn't have said that. The guy, like. Well, you give him PTSD? I gave him PTSD and he was scared and he didn't want to lie. He didn't want to answer the front door anymore. He wouldn't eat poi anymore? Yeah, but that guy was cool. <laughs> he ended up being, like, we saw him again and he would just go and smoke his weed, but uh, no one bothered him. Right. See, this is the law enforcement side because you mentioned that. Right. But the, the majority of the time, we're making rescues. We're hopping in and we're saving a lot of people. Right. We're diving under and finding them under the water, pulling them up and saying, breathe. Oh, my gosh, this four-year-old, she's coughing great. She's going to stay alive. Get her back over here. And does she need medics or not? Does she have to be airlifted to the hospital? Can she just have her stethoscope, check her out her lungs, and we can release her? Right. Or you get to somebody and they're super tired and you're pushing them the buoy and give them a tow back to the surf. Then we're doing first days on the beach. Then we're doing marine firefighting on the fireboats. We're doing all the cliff rescue in San scuba, Diego. Scuba, scuba Okay, well, well, let's just, so, let's just go back to one thing. But hold on, one more, one more law enforcement story, okay. just so you can picture what lifeguards are doing. Okay. Right. We're sitting at Mission Beach, I'm with uh, Charlie Wright, you know, a great lieutenant, and I'm sitting with him over at uh, Mission Beach, and all of a sudden these, this lady comes in and she goes, hey, there's a couple guys that have, like, big leather jackets on. It's, like, late spring, you know, it's getting hot. Leather jackets on. Yeah, she goes, and when the guy went like this, I saw a big gun in his side. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, we'll, we'll call for police backup. Right. Police come back and up. And they start walking a little closer to the tower. And then, like, another citizen comes over and says something. And when Charlie goes, oh, no, let's go talk to him. I'm like, I don't think so. And he's like, right. no, let's go talk to him. I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> go. So, you know, if, if once they're walking up, he's like, hey, I got to talk to you guys. The guy kind of goes like this. And Charlie just runs and grabs him up on the boardwalk wall and shoves him down. And I'm looking at the other guy, and I go, I better do it, too. Right. Like, nail that guy down, right? And, and that, you and I taught the self-defense courses, you know, so I got a pretty good lock on the guy in a pressure point where he's going to, you know, cry like a little baby if I need him to. Right. And I look <laughs> up, and uh, you guys remember that yuck soup punch? Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah, I love that's that a good punch, one. Yeah, that, that, anyway, another yeah. conversation. But yeah. holding that guy down, and I look up, and Charlie is taking the gun away from him, this Glock, and he's standing back, pointing it at him, and I'm right next to the guy. Yeah. And I, and so got Charlie his, Wright has the gun? The lifeguard has the gun. The lifeguard's now, the lieutenant's got the gun, and I'm looking going, don't shoot me on accident. Yeah, you know, exactly. I know about right. the statistics. Right. And so is your finger outside the, the trigger? Right. It's inside. Right. And I'm going, this is not pretty. Not good. And I'm saying, this isn't good, man. And I mean, the main tower guard's already called for a cover now, right? Right. So we got law enforcement sirens flying everywhere. 
I'm holding this guy down, just going, don't move, don't, and looking up. And then out of the blue, the police helicopter comes flying around. <laughs> Sand's kicking everywhere. The door's open. The guy's like this. And we're just like, oh, my God. And these <laughs> this big one. trucks, four by fours, were flying in everywhere. And they came over and took so care the of So the cop in the helicopter is pointing a gun at him? It was somebody in the helicopter. Right. That's what it looked like to yeah. me. I, mean, I was looking up quickly. That's what I remember. Wow. But what I remember is sand going everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, and these other guys showing up, like seven cop cars, you know, on the boardwalk just jumping out. Remember the story with the helicopter? Oh, that oh, story. Oh, yeah, you don't want to go that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's that's kind a of bad funny. One. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny. Life curse, take a helicopter down. Oh. Since the guy's still alive, we probably should yeah, tell the story. Yeah, let's talk about that. He'd be embarrassed. That, that helicopter crashed. Bad one. I yeah. know. Yeah. I, w- I went to the hospital and visited the people that got hurt. No one yeah, died, I did though. I too. I did, too. Got a couple back injuries. So what is something called a parking lot drowning? We, I've heard this term before. Well, whenever you... Uh, Aspirate. Whenever, whenever, you, whenever you swallow or inhale salt water into the lungs, the uh, the biology of your body wants to get the, the salt equal. So you could be choking and coughing, but you seem okay, and then you go sit in your car, and two hours later, you drown because your body floods your uh, system to get the right. salt even. Because you have salt water so in, not your, just water in your, your lungs. lungs. But it's salt water. Right, right. salt water. Salt water in the, does salt. that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called a parking lot drowning. Yeah, and I don't think it happens that often, but we have to be aware of it on aspiration cases. Cases right. where you're listening to people's lungs, and we put stethoscopes in the back, and we make them say 99 or take a big deep breath, and you want to hear <gasps> nice and clear. You don't right. want to hear <sighs> gargle, 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 yeah, crack, right. crack, gargle, right. that kind of stuff. And you're like, so you listen to the quadrants, right, the four right. quadrants, and you're listening to them. You're going, okay, you know, do I hear any gargling? You know, let me see, do I, can I release them? Are they all clear or not? Right. You hear that gargling? Are you going to release them? It's just a little bit. What are you thinking? It's so funny. Right. People think lifeguards are Baywatch. If anybody remembers that show Baywatch with David Hasselhoff. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just pulling Well, pe- what Sean is really good at, which he taught me, is observation skills. And the first thing he tells people is, you know, if you're here looking at women or if you're here looking at men, if you're here looking at what you're not supposed to look at and somebody drowns, I mean, you might as well just say, you know, you, you caused you, it. You, yeah, you caused so it. So the first thing you do is you get the fear in you that when you're in that main tower, because it's not like other towers, when you're in the actual main tower with the big binos and you're in charge of 80,000 people in waist-deep water, it's nerve-wracking. So well, how do you know like which one? How do you know which person? Because San Diego has thousands, uh, thousands, thousands and thousands. You're at the beach, the thousands of people. Right. How do you know which one is the one? That you need to rescue. And you can't just be super preventative and send lifeguards out on everything and check, are you okay? Because if you're out doing that, someone on the inside uh, in shallower water can drown. Mm -hmm. You don't have somebody watching them as much now. Right. So So we have different systems. So we have Dunleavy Towers, which are seasonal towers that are placed along the beach in most uh, beaches, large Mm -hmm. beaches. They're placed strategically with parking lots because people want to pull up, grab their stuff, and go out and have a good time. They don't want to carry heavy coolers for blocks. So wherever you have parking lots, you have more people hitting the water. That's conducive with swimming areas. Unfortunately, sometimes rip currents show up from the the storms of previous winter before, and those areas can have rip currents in them too, so we'll put up red flags. You know, says, please don't swim here, that kind of thing. So when people get out in the water, you have these seasonal towers, the smaller towers, bird cages, if you will, looking out there and saying, you know, they might have one or two guards with binoculars, are you okay? So you're looking for that stuff. Then you have the main tower that's up top, three stories up, that's overlooking everybody. And if you go out for a rescue, you can know what's, knows what's happening. If you send a truck to back you up, a uh, personal watercraft jet ski to back you up, and if you need a surf boat to come in, if you need more lifeguards than the other adjacent towers to come and make the rescue. Right. Okay, and then we got signals. When you're out there, you can 
let the, us know that you're okay with them alone. You, do you need more guards or not? Do you need oxygen? Is this person, right. or is the person now drowning and we need to call it a codex? Do we need to start getting a scuba team going and find the person on the bottom? So we have a number of hand That's signals gnarly. that we look for. We need you to do that when you're a lifeguard to get to the victim. So I know if I can go, you're okay, or more people, or you're not okay, or give me a helicopter, whatever. So we've trained these people. And the first, I start off telling them that, like, uh, you know, it's, there's major rip currents are next to rock jetties and piers. And then some just show up, uh, traveling rip currents, that kind of thing. So I train you to look for the problem area. And then I train you to look for the individual. That's a problem. Are they not a very good swimmer? Are they not making progress? Are their elbows not high? Do they have swim fins on? How's their kick? Are they in a rip current or not? Do they look right. panicked? Right. Are they on a boogie board, a flotation device? Are they pushed that away from them and are trying to swim in? Things like that. But even prior to that, you could spot some of those people on the on the beach. Yeah, scuba divers at the Casa. People not wearing the scuba equipment the right way. A person coming in with long pants on and wants to go for a swim in his T-shirt. What's that right. about? You know, <laughs> yeah. why why is this happening Ask yourself the question, do I need to make contact first and make that warning? So when I first get you, I say, well, close your eyes. And when I say go, open your eyes and look at this big slide of a beach and tell me the first thing that comes out of your, your eyes. Boom, I saw a bird. I see a surfer. I see, I want to know. Because when you're looking back and forth, all of a sudden something happens, it catches your eye. And I want you to zone in on that right. for a second. And then you say, do you see what's going on? Is it an individual? Are they in a problem area? Or just did a bird dive for a water? It's no big deal. And if, if you can't ascertain that, then we'll put our binoculars up, but not for very long because it's a tunnel of vision you're getting. You know, you can hold the binoculars, move your head, and still look everywhere else and go back again. Now, is that showing you that this person's not making progress? And do you need to be on standby and alert the main tower what you might be going in on, or do you need to go in? So we train you in that system. First, you have to learn how to spot what's a rip current. What's it look like? Not all lifeguards, people know that. They're trying not to be lifeguard. How do I get in there and make the rescue? You know, do I run down from the tower after I tell them? And do I drop my buoy on the sand? Do I drop it in the water? Do I switch my fins? Do I run real high stepping like a football player? And then I do a porpoise jump. And then I turn my back and put on my swim fins. And then I swim to them. I get to them six feet away. I push you the buoy. I say, are you okay? You're okay. I give a signal to the main tower or the, the truck that I'm okay. Then I talk to you about how I'm going to bring you back in. And not always can you come back in out of the rip current. Sometimes you only have a few guards and a lot of rescue. So you've got to bring the victim in back through the current to pick up more victims. And then you get back in and you make sure you don't leave them in waist-deep water that, where they might fall into a hole again. But you bring them in to ankle deep so you know they're safe. And then you've got to turn around and say, am I going back out? Or can I go back to the tower? And halfway back, you turn around again and say, yeah, I look good. I look okay in the water. Go back to the main tower. Stop. Breathe. Main tower, uh, tower four is back. They say, copy, you're back. And then you're ready for it to do all over again. But when you're training people to see this, mm -hmm. you have to have a draw analogies and stories and good photos for the, to get them so they're locked in. A terrible story about this for myself personally is I'm in the movie theater and I've been tra trained to be this lifeguard and my eyes are like, boom, boom. I'm sitting here in this movie theater down at Mission Valley yeah. and my, my second year, third year guardian, I've made a lot of rescues that first and second summer. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching a, uh, actually a friend from Mission Bay High that became a, an actress. And all of a sudden, they push her in the pool, and she starts going like this. And I'm like... Where? In the movie? In, in the a... movie theater in the movie. Oh, okay. And I launch out of my seat, <laughs> middle of a movie, like, and just just train, brainwash to go. And I'm like, okay, stop. Sit back down. Have your popcorn. It's just a movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. And I'm like, but right. that day, I knew I could never go to the beach again and just enjoy the water. You can never do no, that. Like, even no, even I see Frank when, yeah. when we're at the beach. He's like, hold on. This, I gotta, I'm going to go do a rescue. 
Yeah. He's not even working. He's yeah. retired. Yeah. Jumping in doing, hey, let me ask you this question because you brought up so many points. What's the difference between doing a rescue in the daytime and doing it at night? And have you done some gnarly you know, night Frank's rescues? Frank's had some great ones. Even in the fog, uh, he's had a real good one. And that's a good question. Uh, hold on back one more second. In okay. teaching them, so I draw analogies. Uh, think about the Secret Service. You go into the Secret Service as an observer, a trained observer, and you've been trained to look to protect this person. Could be the President of the United States, right? And you're walking around. It's like, where's the gun? Where's, who's the individual? Where do I see something shine? It's similar to that, where you're looking out there and could be five people in the water, it could be 400, it could be 800, and you're looking out going, where's the one that's drowning? Are they in a problem area? Who is it? The first thing you look for is the face that's looking back at you. Right. You don't want to go out there if you're drowning. You want to come home. You want to come back to the beach. So we look out there and there's probably 500 people. About 496 are looking out. One's going, hi, mom. And the other one's going like, jumping away, turned her back to the wave. And you're like, they're fine. They're in waist deep. All of a sudden you see the face and you go, that one's looking in, low stroke. I don't like the area. Big open mouth. Tower four is on standby. Tower four is in on them. Tower four is in. You need backup. Uh, unit 10 is going to back up. Tower four, I'm going. Do you want lights and sirens? Affirmative, give me lights and sirens, please. Uh, jet ski, do you need you? Yeah, come on, tail. We have two people going down off tower four next to the green boogie board. And we, that's how we do it. Yeah, day in, fast. Day could be five rescues that day. And Sean, it has to be, be fast. Yeah, it has like to that. Be, you cannot hesitate. Some struggle for, for eight seconds. Some struggle for two minutes. Right. Some hear the siren and give up. There's all sorts of weird statistics on this kind of stuff. But, you know, is it a four-year-old? Is it a 55-year-old having a heart attack? I don't know. Right. Right. Exactly. As far as the night, the night's a little different because you don't have backup, you know, because uh, this, the uh, city of San Diego does have a 24-7 response. They're part of the fire department now. It's improved. It, it yeah. has improved. Right. Uh, but when I was there, it was me that would be in charge of an area – if you know San Diego out there, it would be from uh, Point Loma to Bird Rock. Okay. How many miles? So, uh, miles. I mean, it's, it's all of Ocean all Beach. All of Sunset Cliffs, Ocean all Beach, the, Mission yeah. Beach, and Pacific Yeah, but for the Beach. people that are listening who don't know where that is, right. how many miles would that be? I don't know. It's like 10? No, 5. Uh, somewhere in there, 6 to 8 probably. Yeah. And right. then you had the other guard in charge of, of PB to Black's Beach, La Jolla. All right. La Jolla shores. And that's about rocks. 8, 8. Eight or ten miles, I don't you know. You split it. So if yeah. you're going for backup it's out there. It's all cliffs, so it's hard to determine. Your nearest backup coming to help you, if you all of a sudden get a call, a boat just overturned off of Ocean Beach or Sunset Cliffs, right. coming from a long ways away. Right. And you're going to be the first one in the water for a long time, and you're hoping the police helicopter puts a light on you. They yeah. get there quick. They oh, send a okay. boat. So this is at night. Yeah, at yeah so the night rescues, you have to know, if it's foggy, you're not going to get a helicopter because helicopters don't fly in the fog, so you don't have no lights. The visibility is bad, and you can't see the surf coming in. So when you do find a victim, like I've jumped off the Ocean Beach Pier on a few of them, where it's, you know, either someone's drunk or one time a, a person got thrown off the pier, and then, you know, you get the call, 911, there's someone who got thrown off a pier. So when I get out there, everyone's like, do something. And then, you know, you take a rescue board. What I do is I take my rescue board, time the, time the surf if I can see it, have my fins with me as backup, throw the board over, and just take the plunge into the abyss. Because you can't even see the bottom where the ocean is because it's so foggy. You know it's about 20 or 30 feet, but it's still nerve-wracking because you're going you're gonna to hit the water pretty hard. And then you have to get out on your equipment. Then you got to find the guy. Then you find the guy. But the difference between us and PD and fire department is no one's jumping behind me. Uh, cops could be lined up with their flashlights trying to help. Fire department is not going to get in the water. Cops aren't going to get in the water. Um, if there's a, if there's no helo, it's just a, it's just you waiting for your backup lifeguard who may or may not know where you are. So you're on your own, like hundred percent on your own. Then you get the victim. You have to evaluate him. This guy was all 
cut up from the barnacles because he was holding on to the pylon. And so he's on my rescue board. And then you got to make sure he doesn't slip off your board because here comes a set of waves that are, you know, six to eight feet. These are not small ones when you get, sometimes you get unlucky and you get big surf, cold water, fog, no backup, and you're going in. He's making some great points. Like the first one, he says he throw the, the surfboard off there. So if he can grab on and stay with something big floating, he they, we can find him, spot him easier with a big giant eleven foot right. lifeguard board. Second, he can put the person on the flotation device at least hold on to the handles, right? Right. If he loses that, now he's just this regular old swimmer. But he was smart and brought his fins and a buoy with him. Right. So if that board gets hit away by a big wave, he's still now a regular lifeguard with fins and a buoy and can make that rescue. So he's being prepared. I, uh, for, so, so far as police officers and firefighters helping out, I believe they will jump in the water if, if you're screaming, help, I need you. They'll take off their fire coat or whatever they have on them, go down and jump in. A lot of these guys, some were lifeguards, and they yeah, have that ability to want right. to help. River police officers, guys. too, but they just say, where do you put your gun? You know, they got to draw these triage of, can I help? Should I help? How good a swimmer am I? I don't have a wetsuit on. How cold is the water? But I believe they have, you know, they have the ability being public servants to, to help me. But I know once they jump in, I might have another rescue unless they know what they're doing in the water as well. Right. So I, do I want them coming in, number one? Number two, could they be better from up there keeping track of me? Do you see any other victims? I heard there was two. I only have one. Can you get your flashlight on this? I have backup coming. Can you make sure they know the location right here? Things like that. So I'll put them to work if I can yell up from the pier. Let's Witness say. statements. If you have to uh, organize where you're going to get a paramedic, how are they going to get in? If you have a helicopter, where the landing zone is going to be, make sure so, no one gets hurt. Uh, so it's a lot of steps. It's, a, it's body <laughs> search. A so body I got to tell you, when when people think about lifeguards and they're at the beach, they go, "What do you do for? I don't what think, do you do in the winter?" Yeah, I don't think they even no. understand. Public perception. Well, even back in the day, it was that was the guy that got the girl that was all muscled out that just you know every now and then he gave me a band aid. Right. And that yeah. pretty much started yeah. changing and changing. Then you look right. back and you're like, OK, hold on. Osha Beach was the number two beach in the world for making rescues, I believe, in 19, like 90s, you know, whatever it was, 87. And with 1,349 rescues with only 18 guards working in two and a half months. How, how many? It was 1,329, I believe. That's a lot 1, of rescues. 1,329 rescues. And that's well, you were, like, you were in the day where they did 151 in one day, right? That's right. But they, but they, this isn't assist. We're not talking about, here, touch my buoy. I'm going to help no, you get back are, on. These are like, like I got shit. you, rescue, you're going down kind of stuff. Right. That's the way Ocean Beach worked. And back then, the whole academy would have 50, 60 lifeguards come through. Ocean Beach usually <clears> only took one. It was the honor guard. And that place used to go off because it has a number of... <laughs> As jetties. a pier and number of jetties with natural currents next to them and it's, all that kind of stuff. And good surf. And big parking lots. And big parking lots. And right. then later on, Mission Beach would get plenty of rescues in the La Jolla Reefs. And it's changed over years of uh, preventative lifeguarding. You know, how many more warnings should we make and that kind of thing. But uh, but any given day, you could have a, you could be swimming in and out 80 times. And yeah, you're, you're beat and you're tired. You, get, oh, you got to so get back the next morning. Right. You know, and it's summertime and you're 19. You know, you're like, hey, let's go to a party. I know that's found. We still party that night. Was kind of work. strange that, and this is what I always talk to Frank about because he, he would come home and I'd go, well, how was it? He goes, ah, I got, this guy died. I go, really? He goes, oh, yeah. I go, well, what happens after he dies? I go, we, just, we, put, him, he, we put him in a lifeguard tower. We had him lay there until the coroner showed up. And then I go, then what'd you do? He goes, I went back to work. Put him on the first aid bed. No, right. no, no, yeah, no counseling. We if we had a body bag, we'd zip oh it. My God, if we didn't have a body bag, you just put a towel over him or a uh, blanket, and that was it. That reminds me of the city. That <laughs> so you'd have me. a dead guy on your first aid bed, 
And then you, you wonder if the, if the new guards have, would wanted to see that or not. You're like, hey, there's a dead person. Have you ever seen one that drowned? Would you like to see that? It's up to your choice. And most would go, yeah, yeah, yes. You, you just, just be, be respectful, of course, to the dead person. But you also want for training that the person, how does this challenge your psyche? Are you going to be okay? And if they said, okay, it's already a good step. This is what, okay, I got you. Are you good? You know, that kind of thing. You know, but it was just part of the, the process. And unfortunately, that person wasn't coming back. But I wanted to see how the rest of the personnel was going to do. I had, a de- I had a dead male in my tower. That was there for so long, I forgot he was there. I mean, literally. Me. Well, if the medical examiner back <laughs> yeah, in the corner was busy. Right, they're busy. Then they only had a few so of them. So we had a, you know, we're looking at the tower. This is La Jolla, a lot of tourists and everything. It was uh, Pat Richardson and I, and uh, the guy drowned. His we birthday re- yesterday, by the way. I know, August 31st. Happy birthday, Pat That's Richardson. Right. Shout out What's to up, Pat. Patty? We love Pat. And uh, we got the body, and he's on a gurney, and we, we just, okay, there's one cop. And we're like, hey, where's the medical examiner? Like, hey, he's busy. So this guy's laying by us. And then so we're guarding here, dead guy's here. And we're stepping over him to get our food, you know, have to get to the refrigerator <laughs> and step back over. And, we're, and people would come in to ask questions. Hey, where's a safe place to what swim? What tower is that? This is a casa. Oh, yeah, tiny yeah. tower. Tiny it's tower. It's tiny. You're, this is, yeah. room's bigger. And then we had the yeah. – and we, didn't, we wanted public access, but every time someone came in, they, w- they would go like, what's going on with that guy? <laughs> So I'm like, oh, he's okay. And that's '80s though. That's the '80s. Yeah, so that that was a, that guy stayed in for a long time. But yeah, we had stuff like that happen all the time. Another thing that lifeguards do that people are not aware of is all the cliff rescues. Yeah. So what they think about is water. They think about on during the, beach. the sunlight hours. The fire department takes them over at nighttime. Right. And we can both assist each other when we need to and help out. So what's this? We work what's really this? good together. Yeah. I, no, the, those two teams. I loved working with the fire department. Those guys were all cool. They're just like they're. We're all the same, you know. We just want to yeah. get that adrenaline going and, yeah. and take care of people. But um, give the uh, audience an idea what it takes when somebody needs a cliff call. Are they usually from a, a glider crashing, or is it from well, first a false ex- trail? explain explain about the cliffs here in San Diego because I don't right. think well, people understand. Right. Well, we have a we have a beach, Torrey Pines, it's in La Jolla, and we have three hundred foot cliffs. We're about they're like two hundred and fifty feet to three hundred feet in some areas, and there's a lot of ways to get down. There's a parking lot on top. But there's these things called false trails. So you think you're going down the right path as you're, you know, trying to navigate down these huge cliffs, and you and you kind of slide a little bit down, and then you realize you're on a ledge. You can't and get you, back and up. you slid down, so you can't you can't go back up, and it's kind of slippery, and you're stuck. And you realize you're 50, 75 feet still above, and it's vertical. Right. And Sunset Cliffs has those cliff rescues, yeah. and Black's Beach, Torrey Pines, City Beach, State Beach. They have those kind of rescues. And so we'll get a call either someone's going to be stuck and we do we have to walk them out, help them get out and walk out, or we have to take them out, you know, and put them in the proper gear. Or they fell. Or if they fell, they're injured, or if they ran into the side of it. We had a, on uh, that TV show 911. Uh, we also have dispatchers. So our lifeguard tower is lifeguards that are our own 911 dispatchers and do our own dispatching. We have teletype systems that work with law enforcement, so we have to pass that kind of test as well and have right. access to that kind of computer. And so... We will, they'll tell us we have a cliff call at this location. A hang glider ran into the side of the cliff. And that was on Rescue 911 back in uh, 1993. And we had a number of those. But I remember that one because I was a dispatcher and they wanted to put me on the, the film back then, the TV show. And he just ran into the side of the wall and just took off his whole face. You know, there's no face. And you're getting down there and you're like, okay, you're stuck on the side of a cliff. you got a hang glider. This thing's attached to you. i got to cut that thing free, get you out of this. So you have training up there to know what those look like, how to get them off, and that kind of thing. 
Then you got to, when you get there, you're like, do I need extra help to get down? Am I going to lower him down? Am I going to put him in, you know, a gurney? A, a, a gurney a, what, how am I going to get him back up? You know, or do I need the star team, which is these guys that just are great guys and girls that are crazy good that come right out of the helicopter and just drop straight down, go get all the pre- super precarious pickoffs, we call them, and we'll just yeah. launch them in and, and bring them straight up or pick them up, hold on to this dead body or whoever it is, and take them up in the helicopter, hang it by a 75-foot rope, and just get dropped off Cable. at the nearest location. And it's just, just come in there like, you know, yeah, you like don't Superman. You, you don't want to be scared of heights when you do that one. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things. You got to take a gurney down. You got to not do the medical aid. They're all uh, emergency medical technicians. You get to the victim. You do what's called a quick wrap. So you want to. You don't want this guy to fall. So you, you do this wrap around his body and clip him in two really quick in case he goes down. Now you're attached to this rope, and then you have a belay system. First, you get behind him. him. You land behind him and hold him against. Right, exactly. Then you do the wraps. Yeah, it's like a Spider Man. And then you got to put him in a gurney if he's not. And these are lifeguards. All life. Nothing to do with the water. Nothing to do with the water. We also. Have a really good river rescue team that's uh, highly ranked. Uh, okay, they, crazy good. Crazy Went to good. Katrina all over. And they, it's, How was Katrina? Would you go to Katrina? I did not. No, I, mi- I just missed that one. So what happened was after we got that. We remember that crazy one down in uh, down in, in Chula Vista. Yeah, well, and Imper- IB all the way down was just flooded crazy. Yeah, we had this one. Uh, well, getting back to that really quick. The reason Sorry. why we have a good team is because um, after nine eleven, uh, President Bush um, built Homeland Security. That's when it started. And they realized with terrorism and, and what had happened, they didn't have good strike forces. They, they didn't have a plan what happened in a huge disaster if we got another terrorist. So the FEMA made this uh, a group or gave us the funding to make teams. So um, anytime a governor now uh, calls for a statewide emergency for flooding, uh, San Diego is notified, and they get a team of the river rescue team. They have a couple, maybe you know, law Different enforcement. Different task force. They yeah. have numbers. Task, yeah, force task force nine, task force eight, and they right. will, and they'll they'll respond to that. And yeah, they'll deploy. Right. And so when Katrina hit New Orleans, our team went, uh, not knowing what to expect. But when they got there, they were like the first one of the first crew there. There was no f- cell phones, right? Because it's flooded. Uh, police couldn't communicate. The walkie-talkies didn't work. Uh, there was all sorts of stuff floating in the river. And so you had, and there was no lights and there was gang violence and there was people shooting and there was people looting and there was a big cluster. It was an unbelievable scene and dead people floating and people So they put trapped. you on a boat. They put you on like an a inflatable rescue boat, right? Right. Like they'll go out there and, and uh, find these people in the floods and take them from their houses and take them away. And there's thousands of people and only yeah. a few boats. And what's really hard is the lifeguard starts off wanting to save everybody because you have that in your brain, in your heart. You've been trained that way, and it's already who you are. You want to help. And so you see them, you get them. You keep going until you're so tired, and you go, you don't stop. You can't right. get on your 40th rescue that day go, I'm tired, float on your back. No, right. dude, you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep it. You have to throw up on the way, throw up. It's just water. Spit it out and go get somebody. And some days were hard rescues. Well, these guys at Katrina go out on these boats, and they came back with these stories like, we had to leave. We, we women, you know, Kids first. You know, and get these people in the boat, and the boat's full, and there's more kids. And they're like, I'm not going. And there's a law enforcement guy, federal in charge of your boat, going, boat's full, you're coming back, we're done. And you don't have, there's no, yes, no, it's just like, you're done making your rescue. Let's go. We'll drop them off, we'll come back. And you can't, these kids are don't leave me. And they're like, we got to go, boat's full. Come back. Imagine like the Titanic, you know, boat's right. full. It's just like, and these guys have these hearts like, no, I got them. I'm going to hold up eight. You come back, I'll be here. And it's like, get in the boat. You're like. Machine guns. <laughs> These guys had to do what they said. They came back and, you know, I mean, I, 
I bet somehow they talked to therapy. That was pretty, right. pretty, pretty hard stuff. When we when we started, I remember going. A psychiatrist came to us when we're all getting evaluated. I think, oh, yeah. I think this is when we got picked up by the fire department. And I was mental a mental evaluation. Yeah, mental evaluation. And, um, I, I was the first one to get interviewed out of everyone. Yeah. And I was tired, and he and he he asked me, um, "Have you ever seen a dead person?" I'm like, "Yes." He goes, well, when was the last time you saw a dead person? I'm like, last night. He goes, what happened last night? I go, uh, we pulled out like seven bodies from the Tijuana River. And because uh, one uh, Border Patrol was chasing someone, they they went in the water and then we were searching for that guy's body. There were seven more in that water. And uh, what what happened after that? Well, we, we brought him out and eventually we just stopped pulling. We stopped looking. There's probably maybe possibly more. It's the Tijuana River. Everyone's crossing every night. And he goes, so what did you do after that? I'm like, we went to Denny's, and we, we ate. And because we used to go to Denny's. And, right there, uh, yeah. And, he, and, we, and, and then what? Who would you talk to? I'm like, about what? He goes, you just saw seven dead people like 24 hours ago. I'm like, yeah, that happens all the time. We just talk to each other. After he evaluated all of us, he realized, like, holy crap, these guys have never had a counselor to talk to. Like, if there's one police shooting, they get to go through a debriefing, what happened, homicides investigating it, talk to this person. You got the what, – what do you call those people that do the comfort uh, talk to you? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, – they're, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, A lot of volunteers. Yeah. <coughs> crisis intervention yeah. team. So the crisis intervention team comes, and they want to know how you're feeling. But we never had anything. We just no, saw, it wasn't like that. I mean, we go look for bodies, and the only thing I ever got told was pretty much when it came out, it was just polluted water, you know. And they'd right. be like, hey, you got to go to the hospital and get a gamma shot, you know, gamma goblin. They just get a big needle and hit you in the right in the back right of the, the glutes, butt, right, right in the butt, and, they, and you're I like, it should be good. Days. It's like instant, like, you know, purity right. kind of thing. Imagine all the – I mean – we're, you you have to go in water that even though you guys got dry suits, that not when we were there. No, we there. had a wetsuit and tennis shoes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what people don't know as far as river rescues, like uh, the reason why there was so many a lot of death occurred in Tijuana because you'd have the water coming down these roads. These roads have rocks in them, and after the dirt goes, these round rocks are rolling. So you'll have like only eight inches of of water. You think you can cross it. But you're stepping on these rocks and they're hitting your heels like it's like it's like someone throwing a baseball or you step on and you flip. And once you lose your ground and you fall, you you go right under a car and you'll be and you just get pinned under it there. Depending on what part of the river you're, you're at, down the river valley down there. Be super careful. It's Tijuana, if it's higher, there could be refrigerators coming down. Yeah, I had, well, I had a refrigerator yeah. coming. I rescued a girl. I had a girl on my arm and get out of the way. I looked and a refrigerator branches, and, metal, yeah, whatever's in there. Yeah. A horse. Yeah, yeah horse. we did we rescued horses. We walked. I walked them out, but we didn't. I didn't. Uh, ever saw the dead one upside down or anything. I saw a Volkswagen Bug upside down. They float. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> and going by a stop sign about this much, you know, showing. One rescue we did. Talk about river rescues. I was on a call. Uh, we're coming back from Tijuana, and we got a call of a a person hearing someone yelling for help from a manhole cover. Oh, and, and this was in the middle of Chula Vista. That the one was, Mark Brown had? No, I had Marky. It. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The guys on the they, they interviewed me on the news later. Nice. So. Troy Keish and I were on that thing. And what happened was this guy went into a flood control channel with his friends and a boogie board, and he, and he went down one of the side pipes. So that <laughs> side pipe that was rushing with water took him in the city of Chula Vista. And he just traveled, and no one can find him. And then he was yelling from a manhole cover. So, you know, he go in the streets, and you see where the water comes in? Right. So we climbed in there, and he looked in this hole, and the guy's like 15 feet up. But there's a bar, two steel bars, and he's holding on like this, and the water's like rushing past his face. He's totally straight, so he's stuck there. We can't reach him, and and he's and he, you could tell he's like 
you know, hypothermic, water's cold, he's a kid. So talking to him, in fact, Troy Keach did a good job. I'll give him the credit. He, he, he dove down there and talked to the kid, and he was handing him oxygen, like, hey, try to breathe this. And we're like, how the hell do we get this guy out? He's, he's underneath the street. So we had to actually call the city. The city had to cut a hole in the street. Jeez. Heavy equipment lifted it, dig it all the way down to the pipe, cut one half of the pipe here, one half of the pipe here, cut across his body on top, lift up the shell, and pluck him straight up. And we got him, but he was frozen, you know. So when you when you when you pick him up, it's not yeah. like he's going to help you walk. He's he's like a stiff guy, but he's still alive. And uh, and that was a good rescue. Did he live? Yeah, we were on the news together. He was a twelve year old kid, and he just thought he was going to. You had that basement one too with Lerma. I remember that. Oh one. my God! Then we, that was like the same he week. Has we, that crazy stuff. What we, happened in the basement? We got a call of a. Um, it's like in Southeast, isn't it? Yeah, the, I forget what neighborhood, but it wasn't a place that lifeguards should be. But we're we're there. And there's we no heard, beach nearby. There's no beach nearby. But what happened was there was a flood, and the uh, the manhole cover flooded, so water went into this lower parking lot of this apartment complex, and actually filled with water. Well, the way you got in this apartment, you can go in and park behind and go into the back door, or you can come up on the street, and the house is up here. Right. So there's a there's a lady down there. And she told her husband, hey, the water's coming in, but they had these exotic birds. They had all these exotic birds that they mm -hmm. collected. And he goes, don't leave the exotic birds. Just stay down there. I'm going to come from work. What had happened, she called the waters up to her waist now. And she goes, hey, this is up to my waist. And he goes, okay, get out of there. So she went to go open the door, but the door, because the water swelled, and it swelled it and it locked it in place. She couldn't open the door. And the, there was bars on the window, security bars, so no one would steal the birds. She couldn't get out, and she was screaming for help. And no one knew what to do. You know, I'm like, hey, throw a chain and rip that thing out. No one had a chain. No so they trucks. called the lifeguards. So they called <laughs> the lifeguards and we're there and they go, hey, there's someone. She's not screaming anymore. The water came all the way up to the ceiling. So her and all the birds drown. So how do we get this body out? So we had to cut a hole. The fire department cut a hole in the kitchen floor out of all places. So I'm in there. They're cutting a hole in the kitchen floor. And they had to lift up this huge, you know, three by three section. And with scuba gear, we dove down there, but we're kind of worried about electrical, right? Because the power is still going, so we're hoping we don't get zapped to death, but we're just going for it because maybe she's in an air pocket or maybe she's still, you know, alive. And then when we got in there, the water kind of receded so you can see about this much, and you can see the birds. <laughs> there's birds in our face. There's feathers. Do you have a tank on or a bailout bottle? Uh, we, had we had No, we had bailouts. Yeah. And, What's uh, a bailout? A bailout tank Small is a smaller scuba tank, scuba tank because we, you can't fit. So you just it's like 15 minutes of air uh, if you're breathing normally. And it, we're calm because this is more like a recovery, not a rescue anymore. Kind of went like was maybe a rescue because you got you know once you go into body recovery, you slow everything down. Found her, she was dead. And then there's a pic, there's a like not a famous but a picture of us bringing her out in a yellow bag, and it was. It was the, the the husband didn't know she drowned. He came from work. It was that part was sad. So it's crazy you what lifeguards do, though, right? Yeah. You wouldn't think that'd be lifeguards, but like no. Frank's talking about that mental test. You know, that's what got you here, and that's right. part of your evaluation. If you want to become a full time lifeguard, you got to work in the winter and have, be a peace officer. You got to go get a background, complete background check. Right. Make sure you don't have a history of doing anything against the law, wrong, or a propensity to do so. Well, what's a propensity to do so? Well, that would mean what shows that. So we take these tests like the MMPI the Minnesota Multi-Personality Index. Right. You know, anywhere from 500 to 1,300 questions in a secondary test that asks you questions like, have you ever thought about sleeping with your mother? And then <laughs> they ask you, the fifth question is, do you like dogs? And then again, 20 questions later, has your mother ever wanted to sleep with you? And you're like, like what? You know, would you ever? And you're like, you're just trying to get you on these these programs, you know, like your, your brain. So you go in afterwards and the psychology uh, 
psychologist sits there and then says, reads about you and says, and goes off what it tells you might be lacking in or, or proficient in and saying, asking you questions. Like, hey, tell me about your college, you know, when you went to college, how was that for you? You know, did you ever have feelings that were uneasy? And you have to have that conversation and then either passes you or he doesn't. Right. Well, you can, ha- you can have sorry. a good personality, but some personalities are not conducive to what the, what the job entails. So some people that don't get it don't understand that they may have like they, – they show a high level of anxiety or they show a, a propensity to uh, not talk and keep everything in. That could be PTSD later. So they're very good at doing specific things, but they're not good for this particular job. And then you got guys that you won't even think would be good at this job, and they're really good at this job. The one thing I noticed in the lifeguards is uh, not all of them look like they're in shape. And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to do a run, swim, run against this person, and look at them. They're yeah, it's kind of fat. Kind of overweight, doesn't looks right. kind of sloppy, and all of a sudden they'd start running and they don't stop. And they swim like they don't stop. They're insane. Like a seal. Like you Seals com- are fat. Yeah, they swim. You, you underestimate people. So that after that, it really right. taught me, like, you don't know what you're up against. And that's good because when you're doing a rescue, because they, also, they often attack you, right, because they want to climb on your body. What do you do? Let's tell the audience. Okay, so you're at a rescue. Yep. Let's say there's four victims. Okay. okay. We're doing a mass rescue. One of them is they're trying to lift up this one. You grab this one. They leech onto you. What do you do? Yeah. Well, depending on how, if they're kids, how small, if they're big, you know, that kind of thing. I've had people that are 350 pounds and kids that, you know, are nothing, weigh nothing. So if you think you can handle the situation, I'd probably grab an arm, take it off you and, and hold this person up. Get them in across chest, back, carry, hey, I got you. Don't worry, you're safe now. Now, if they're not handleable, they've got fingernails and they're grabbing you. What usually happens is they scratch you and take the skin off you and you're like, God darn yeah, it. You know, then you make a decision. Is this one of the ones where I have to drop straight down out of the water, drop, right. kick them away, push them away, go deeper and come back? Because if I go deep, you know, if you're thinking you're drowning, you don't want to come down with me. Right, right. So I just go straight down. I mean, if I had to, I'd give somebody an elbow to the face, you know, make, make them stop if it's going to keep them alive. Right. I never had to do that. But the fingernails have got me a few times. Go straight down to the bottom. I come back up. I get a few feet away, and I go, hey. And I scream at him, stop, you know. I mean, I literally scream, hey, you know, and I just turn right. back. You grab this, and I'm right. pushing the buoy between us. If I don't like that, I'm going to come up behind you. I'm just going to yank you back down. I got you. Stop what you're doing. That kind of just have to manhandle right. it. You right. get them in. Because people are in a panic state. You know, they're trying to fight you, but they're really trying to climb out of the water on your body. They yeah. just want to launch. Yeah, they're panicked. It's called Completely. the ladder, like the last step. You steps. hand them a buoy, and they'll sometimes flip over it three times before they even grab on. It depends what, <laughs> right. what state of panic they're in. Right. If they can, you can yell, and the, you wake them up, and they'll grab. I got you. Hold on. Don't let go. Don't, that, don't you think that in schools every kid should learn how to swim? Yeah, they're trying to do that now, but uh, absolutely. Because we're in San Diego. The dra- the I mean, well, 98% of drownings occur in the house in a pool or in a five-gallon container when a kid will, like, Go face or in the toilet. Like Some kids put their heads in the toilet. toilet. Right. Their head's the heaviest part of their body right. at that age. I've had them on Mission Bay before where a parent leaves for a second and leaves a little one thinking they're fine right there on the grass. They crawl down a little bit, and all of a sudden they're in a puddle that's just off the bay, and their face is down. They're down like this. You better run over in this deep right. and pick them up. Right. You know, because their head's still the heaviest Yeah, that's why thing. raising kids yeah. was tough, man. I had I put the locks on my toilet yeah, lids. Good job. Yeah. When I was – when my kids – because I didn't want – and my kids had big heads. <laughs> they looked like those toys – I just go the head first, you know, all I'd see is legs. So I, I lock the toilets. Yeah, that's good. But it's hard to unlock them at night. When the you best thing to, to do if you, have kid, <laughs> if you have kids in San Diego, we call it waterproof your kids. Get them, right. get them in that pool like every day. Uh, if you don't have a pool, you go to the bay. Uh, it, but like, we didn't well, have that. No. We, we had 
we got thrown in a literally. Right, right. We got too. thrown in a pool when we were kids. Two and a half. Diver right. supply right here in Midway. Right. Just they tossed me right they in. They did. And said, do it. Remember that? I remember the diver supply. I had my supply. little cards yeah. called the Minnow and the Guppy, and I'd go to the next stage. Right. You know, three years yeah, old. Yeah, just throw you in. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's what used to happen. I remember. We they were panicked, but we like swam to the edge of the pool. Right. Many people well, learn how to swim that way. That that'll just take in throw you in the middle of the deep end and go figure it out. And you figure it he's out. He's standing there. Yeah, there's not much you can. can do. I it's remember. really sad when people get to be of age and they still don't know how to swim, especially they're in San Diego. They don't not live on the coast, but they're still in San Diego. Then they go to the beach for the first time and they're sitting there in high school or whatever else and they go out a little bit and they're super panicked. Well, they fall in a little bit of a hole. That's really panicking. How long is that going to, are they going to stay afloat? So we have that still. I actually taught a class at UC Davis uh, like that. And it was, it was a physical education class for non-swimmers to swim, you know, to get them swim worthy again. And so my class started out with, I think about just like 10 or 12 people and I had to start with baby steps, you know, right. like sit on the side of the pool and just put your feet in. And that was hard. Yeah. And then after that, we go sit on the first step and I drop a penny. Can you pick it up on the second step and get them in finally? Where How I get, old are these? Touch. These are adult people, students, 18 to 23 in college. So I'm standing next to these people, bringing one in at a time saying, look, I got you. We're in waist deep water. Nothing can happen to you. I've rescued lots of people. Finally, I had to get their trust. And I got all the trust except one. One, this one uh, girl, which put to put stuff on the put her feet in by herself and she fell a little bit and she didn't come back to class. And that happened. But by the end of the quarter, I had swimming? the rest of the people jumping off the low dive and swimming all the way to the side in their clothes safe. And that, that's what I remember that. Three yeah. months. Kind of cool. Yeah. 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 That just reminds me of recent, the recent disaster in Lahaina just got burnt down. Right. And many people swam in the ocean to get away with it and some of those drowned because of the way the direction and they of the drowned, smoke. I think there was smoke smoky yeah. out there. To get away from that fire. Yeah. yeah. So that was sad, but you never know when you need that as a skill, so everyone should at least get in that water and flotation devices, right? Hawaii's got surfboards. Throw those things. If you have 10, right. throw them out in the water so right. people can hang on to the side of them. Right. I mean, what, you know, how can you, that gives me, that's another point right here right. is you're talking about the kids not learning how to swim. Well, we have so many on the coast that know how to swim because they're brought up right next to the water. We got to teach those ones how to either affect the rescue, make the rescue, know the triage. First, I call 911. Second, I grab a surfboard and hand it to them. Third, I try to help out without getting taken down. So we started things like the junior lifeguards. Okay. And so you learn how to become one at a young age, what to do and what not how to old do. Are you, how old do you have to be to start that junior lifeguards? I don't know. It's 10, but I believe 10, it was either 9 or 10, but they have also have a pre-program to that that now feeds in there. A little more of like a camp that feeds into that and gets them started going two years prior to the regular start date. And they have A through E as you climb up to 14 or 15, you jump higher off the pier, you learn, you spend more time in the water, and then you can get to be an uh, intern and help out. And go sit in a tower for a second with a real lifeguard and get some training. It's a great, that's, wonderful that's a program. cool program. Started with 50 people, it's a few of us helping, and right. it's like 3,000 plus people or something. Yeah, when we first started that program, it was small, tiny. And now it's like you can't get in, you have to be there. You know, the, the day it opens. Yeah, the day you're by the computer <laughs> ready to go. 11 o'clock is in, and you still may not get it. It's such a nice program. I love it because... Uh, and they give a lot of scholarships to people that can't afford it to come in from other areas that aren't, maybe not coastal, right. that show a need, need-based to get them also that way. Hopefully, they'll go back and pass the word that that was a great program. This is why I'm a good swimmer, and we get more people from all over San Diego participate. Yeah, and there's Wonderful just some program. people that just won't get in. I remember... But take, East Beach has them, not just San Diego. Right, right. Del Mar's got them. Right. Del Mar has a has great them. program. Solana Beach, Coronado, yeah. IB. They all have junior lifeguard programs. Yeah, and in fact... What people don't know out there is our lifeguards also train uh, Mexican lifeguards. So we go to Tijuana and we bring them the equipment 
And I remember when and we Cabo. Fir- yeah, in Cabo, we got a big group of uh, lifeguard uh, out there doing a really good job. But I remember when we first went to Tijuana, that there was a rescue and a and um, you know they got the police blowing the whistle. You know, come in, and then he didn't come in, and then when they rescued him, the the cop arrested him for not following a police order. Like that's how backwards it was. It's like, dude, he wants to come in. Okay, he's not running from you. You don't arrest him. It's called a rescue. But so, but now that was years ago. So now right. we teach him. We bring him equipment. We work with they call them the Salvavida, the uh, all the fire guys, and those guys are friggin' talented. They're you know getting those their program dialed. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, I mean, you used to hang out at Wind and Sea all the time. No. Yeah. What, did, what did you see for rescues? Just just being a patron. Well, it, so at Wind and Sea, the lifeguard didn't have anything. He sat on a rock, and right. then sometimes under the hut. No, no. Oh, just out by the front of it? Uh, on the rock, right? No, no like right. down a pal- the other ones. Yeah, the okay. other ones. Yeah. Like they're, they just, you just they show have, up and uh, he'd sit on a rock. Sometimes he'd have an umbrella, sometimes he wouldn't. And right. they just sat there. Right. But when they did a rescue at Wind and Sea, it was gnarly because they had, and I, I actually did one of these rescues with one. I did the rescue. <clears throat> this guy was in the, in the surf body whomping. And I heard, hey, we need some help. We need some help. To the south or north of the main Wind and Sea? Um, north. If, north, north, right off of right. Westbourne. Okay. Yeah. So the guy was yes. laying in the water. He had broke his neck oh, in the surf. Yeah. So I had to stabilize him, and right. then I held his neck. I probably held that guy's neck for an 30 minutes. How did you know to do that? Uh, first training. I've been trained. I used to be a cop. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah training. So I held his, I held his neck. Until the lifeguards came down, put a sea collar on him, and they taped. They actually taped him to the gurney. Right. And so, uh, and then they took him away, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, I hope that guy's not paralyzed, you know. And then, literally, three months later, I was at the Panikin coffee shop, and I see this dude, and he has one of those halos on with bolts in his neck, and I go, I remember. He goes, dude, you freaking rescued me. He goes, I was, they thought I was going to, I could have been paralyzed, but they got me there just in time. I don't know what they, they did. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up stabilized. Yeah. Stabilized. Yeah, I, I, did, I had one of those guys too. I saw him later and he had, he, he had, had the bolts the in his head. And, yeah. I remember the ones that stick out like that too, that didn't end up so well, you know, I right. thought I had him and I'm walking up to ocean beach to start a 12 o'clock shift, you know, the late shift, 12 to eight middle of the day. And I have like sweatpants on and I'm kind of walking up about 20 minutes early I remember walking up and all of a sudden I see like something going on in the water that is just not right. Right. And I just, what's going on? And I realized that's a surfer trying to pull a body onto the board. And it probably happened just for the main tower saw it too. And I dropped my lunch and everything and just started running, yelling, you know, lifeguard, you know, come over here, that kind of thing. And I'm running out in the water. And this guy had got a surfer that went up and hit the lip and hit his head, pile of it right in the sand yep. and just broke his spine. And we got him. No, we got him in. Things were working quickly. We got him in, put him on the backboard. I got there. I'm like, hey, I need more surfers. Come here. I know everybody in the water. Pinch his nose when a wave comes. Hold water, uh, hands over his face so he doesn't breathe in any water. He's talking. What's going on? He's like, I can't feel anything. You know, he's talking to me. And he's kind of gargling a little bit, not because of water, just because that's his neck is messed up. And we bring him in, holding him really perfectly. We bring him on. the, And all of a sudden, we look up, bring him on the beach. And I got the fire department doing a beach walk right there. I'm like, guys, they come over. They help. I look back, and we have a paramedic unit in the Newport Beach parking lot eating their lunch. 
Uh, what luck. Yeah, perfect. Boom, I got them. I got four. Boom, I got these two. Let's get him. Let's package him. Let's get him loaded to the hospital. And he still comes back with just limited arm use and no leg use, right. completely paralyzed. He's a real estate uh, agent now. He's a really great guy. Gives a lot of uh, great talks. Ended up marrying his uh, caregiver. And uh, he, Tony Mazadri, and he goes back and uh, does talks like that. And they have a surf contest for him every year in Ocean Beach. The, by the, uh, Tony who? What's his last name? Mazadri. Tony Mazadri. Yeah, Shout out to Tony. Yeah, yeah. Does he go on? I even saw him a few years later, and I told him that story when I was on yeah. top of him, you know, in charge of his head. And, uh, and he's talking to where my kids are going to school at uh, Warren Walker in Point Loma, a private school there. And he's talking and giving him the whole talk in, at a wheelchair. And just for them to look and to listen and to learn and to know how to be, you have to be careful in the water. I was a right. really good surfer. I think right. he was working at the chart house and boom, just happened. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that happens every day. What happens in swim, uh, swimming pools, so now, from what I understand, is they don't allow diving boards. They don't build swimming pools with diving boards anymore. Hmm. Well, they can't, they, uh, what it is is that you can't get home insurance. It's too, it's too, because people always jump too far and they go into the shallow and yeah. they do a. Well, and you're at a home, so you can have people out with alcohol drinking, you know. I mean, of course. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. doctor spike. myself, and but I we see always, negligence all the time. We all did right. the stupid <laughs> stuff. We would be like, okay, forget the board, and we see if we can run across the roof. Yeah, jump off you the did roof. that. I know you've done it. Run off the roof and jump in the pool. Never. Yeah, never? It's unsafe. Ah. Yes, a million times. Still, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. 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 <laughs> it's just jump yeah, from the roof to the pool. Yeah. So it's, it's that's what kids do. What you have to do as a lifeguard also is there's there's a whole fire department attached to the lifeguards and the just lifeguards who operate. Which I just went on about two weeks ago. They have like a million dollar fire boat. It's like a fire engine. It is a fire engine in the water. So it has to be manned by at least three people. It has. Uh, well, are the lifeguards manning it or the fire fire? So lifeguards. So we don't the, say manning it anymore. Staffing it. Oh, staffing it. Okay. Change that. Got it. Staffing it with uh, personnel. Doesn't matter what gender they are, they're going to rescue people. But we have turnouts, you know, big fire. Yeah, fire gear. Right, firefighter gear that we put on, they can go out the boats, put out fires. But it also has pump out capabilities for boats that are taking on water. Right. Has, has, you know, some other things you could do. You ever put out a fire? Yeah, many. I've been on that fireboat many times. What you use that, it's hard to operate. You got to be pretty much skilled. I mean, there's not too many people. It's a different kind of boat than you usually drive. It's the twin screws. Right, right. So we had the twin screws. So when you're you're fighting a fire, like a fire engine just on land will just sit there, and then you attach the hoses to the fire hydrant. It goes back through the engine. That's why they call it a fire engine. And they monitor how much pressure is going to go out to the hoses. So that's what that truck does. Same thing with the boat, but the boat is floating. And the boat has and you have a spray nozzle in the right. front, and then you have hoses in the back. Right. So when you when you put the pressure on the hose, the whole boat blows away. So you got to use your gears to make sure, and you're not running over people in the water, and the smoke's not coming and at when you. When a boat's on fire, you got lots of smoke. So yeah, you got to be upwind. Right. If you're if you start moving, you get downwind. All the smoke coming in your face. That's just not going to work. Right. And also, if the wind changes, you got a problem. But they got these monitors right now in the boat for those people who care. It's fifteen hundred gallons per minute. It used to be 500. So they got these huge monitors that, that spray out 1,500 gallons per minute. But it sucks minute. out the seawater. Yeah, it sprays so, that against right. so it's unlimited supply. Right, exactly. Them, right? Right. right. Yeah, so that's a good one. But we'd also work at Jason. The one I went on was uh, those, those uh, cottages that were on Deanza Cove. You know, and the fire department came, and we would be a support from them if we get the get the boat close enough. Exactly. So support. we could we could and provide the hoses to the other firefighters on the land if, they, if there's like a boat fire on a... On, uh, a place where you could have boats. fuel in your bilge that needs foam 
to put, right. it, to put it out, right? You put all the AFFF foam kind of problems now. Right. And what if that person is filling up at one of the dock gas stations that can blow up? Right. Yeah, that's bad. Right. So the first thing you want to do is hook So that's up. a lifeguard today. Right. A little Jeez. more to it, yeah? Okay, right. so one thing I that's been in the news a lot is shark attacks. And there's just been this yeah. increase in shark attacks. Shark bite, not not. There, listen, not, I'll tell you what it is. Okay, what is? I'm it? with you. Go for it. Yeah. First of all, there's there's more drones up there. Those sharks have always been out there. Okay, we've seen them before. I swam around. Agreed. Yeah, I swam around the pier a few times. Saw about an eight foot hammerhead off of Scripps in La Jolla. It looked at me. It just kept going. Uh, we saw a great white off of Wind and Sea. Baby, they call them juveniles, but that's nine foot. You know, nine foot fish is huge. And um, the drones are capturing, but they, they have always been out there. They've always been swimming right in the surf line. They've always been leaving uh, people alone. Every once in a while, they probably are hungry and get confused that they're coming up for a seal and they hit a, and they hit like the guy who got killed, the swimmer off of Del Mar, uh, the triathlete. That was a major attack. Yeah. It got his femoral artery. Del Mar, a little still, further up? Yeah. yeah. Like... So, but how many people swim miles every day in the ocean and nothing ever happens? I, I mean, it's, it's So millions. it's going to be sensationalized by the news media right. because the word shark comes – it just comes to you like when someone says cancer. It's like, oh, it's like right. shark. It's like, oh, my God, sharks are in the water. It's shark week. So, it, right. it, yeah, it, it hits you real big. And so whenever something like that happens, it's really reported. You know, they don't report about stingray stings. That's what happens all the time in the water. Right. you got to do the stingray shuffle with your feet and don't run in. Those things hit you. They have a hard barb. They shoot in poison just like a bee, probably four or five times the strength of a bee. Right. And that and really more. hurts. and hurts for like an hour really bad. you got to put your foot in hot water, and, go to the lifeguard station right away. And if away. you're allergic to bees. If you're allergic to bees, say anaphylactic shock. You can get you an EpiPen right away. Right. You know, with you. And so that happens more. I'd like to see more more stories on that reported. That's the likelihood. Shark attacks, I mean, 19, like 60-something, we had one. The guy never showed up, but he had a multi-million dollar insurance policy, and he might have went to Mexico. Then we have, we've had a couple. I know the, one, the girl you were on the diet at Sunset Cliffs. Yeah. That was a true shark attack. Yeah, but there were stories sharks. about that. How did she really drown? Did somebody take her out there? Well, she's midnight swimming in Sunset Cliffs. Oh, it's kind of strange. It's not good, right? And then you get the triathlete. Well, Probably dressed like a seal. Right. Probably had black on. The right. shark, you know, picked the wrong thing. Thought it was a seal to right. eat. So you just don't have that many. I mean, car accidents by the millions, right? right. So don't don't worry about that. You're going to be fine from yeah. a shark. Look out for the stingrays. Yeah. Go out there. Don't get in a rip current. Ask your lifeguard where you should swim <clears> that day. Listen to him. Don't just go. This looks fine. No. Where's the closest lifeguard, guy or girl? Right, lifeguard. Where can I swim? Is that safe? Is there any area that's, is any area that's not safe? Excellent. Thanks. Good. I would love to answer that question. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah, you have to go and evaluate. And also for scuba guys, they, you know, you get this group of scuba people, right? I and they see go, them all the time. We're going to go Sunday. We're going to all dive on Sunday, meet at 8 a.m. at La Jolla Shores. And then they get to the shores. The weather, the weather is horrible. The surface three to four foot, zero visibility, and they still go out. So what they have to do is say, depending on the conditions, it's not safe to dive. And we've had several people... That's right. the discretionary level, right? right? So you have the human idiot factor, right? And so it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's that. like, well, that's what keeps everybody in business, right? Right? Everybody's an idiot, and then you're stealing stuff, or they're, they're drowning, and so it keeps all of us in business, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, we need some common sense line, right? That's why we have signs. That's why we put up flags, because to catch, you know, those people that aren't going to come up to us and ask and see what, hey, well, wait a minute, what's that doing here? There's one funny story I remember. Just one? <laughs> I got so many. I have to. I have to. Uh, Any monitor. words you say sets them off. Yeah. I can tell you how many have we had together, dude. Come on. 
Yeah, we did so many. But there's one that uh, involves, I don't know if I say his name's Kevin. Okay, he'll figure it out his last name. And we were uh, in Mission Bay, and a lady fell off a catamaran, and she was floating because she was heavy. I mean, we're talking like in the 400 range. And so we get there, and we have our boat, and she's floating. She's fine, but she's, she's panicking. So we go, okay, we're just going to try to get you on our boat, okay? But I don't know how big she was because I can only see her shoulders, but apparently she's very big. And so when I was pulling her up, the guard jumps in the water and gets, like, behind her butt <laughs> to push her. And, and I, I, I kind of laugh, but I was also slipping. I'm like, I can't hold on to her anymore. And I was trying to tell him, get out of that area. No, and, and I couldn't do He's it. And great, I just, I just let her go. And too. I just see him disappear between her legs. And he literally didn't come up. <laughs> so I go... <laughs> This guy, he's not drowning, he's suffocating because he's oh, between Jesus. this chick's, between okay. yeah. yeah, I get it. And so, I mean, it was just wrapped around him. And uh, and I see a little movement down there. Like, it was almost... <laughs> Jeez. And I was, you know, unfortunately, I was laughing to her to, like, figure out he's probably in real danger right now. He's and then he pops up. up and I'm like, you okay? want to try again? He's like, we got to tow her. So I'm like, we can't tow a human being. So we did. We end up like you know she hang on to the side. And we 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 just held her and then we you know one knot of, you know really slow. We got her up. It's to It's not dry so land. easy to get her in, into it's a not vessel. Easy. You have so about right. this far where you got to yeah. pick the person up. No, so they the, can't get in. So there. these things you 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 can go to all the training you want, but you're gonna have you know another person fell out of his boat, and you had a boat just going in circles. It was on okay, and this so we rescued this guy. But this thing starts to go, and it's starting to go towards the swimming zone. You know, so you have this boat going nuts. But nobody's speed. in it. Nobody's in it. So you got to figure out how do you stop this boat. You know, so we have we got this net. We have these nets, and they're made out of nylon mesh. And what you do is you try to throw it, and once the propeller hits it, it'll wrap it, and it'll seize it up. Well, this one just ran right through it and just cut it, just kept going. So you have to clear beaches until it finally crashed on the beach. And those have cut off legs and hands, and you find a finger, and someone's looking for it, and you got to put it in a, something frozen and get it off to the hospital. Is it? I said you put it in milk, I heard. You stick uh, the uh, finger in milk. No. Is that, I had a lady. That for teeth, but I've never heard of it. You know, I've had that into a tooth before, and I just find it, and I shove it right back in. I accentuate it perfectly, and I right where it's supposed to be, give it an extra little push, and then I'm like, you got to go to the dentist right now if you want to save it. I've been on the baseball field before coaching baseball, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, like his tooth is all the way, you know, over here, but it's just moved over and shoved it up, and Dennis is like, you did it perfect, you know, and but, but for you, you got two front teeth now. <laughs> we always like to joke around. I remember we had, uh, again, with Killer Clark, you know, we had to mess with this. Like, you, uh, you can't do it anymore because it's hazy or whatever, but we do things like uh, he really loved to go to SeaWorld. Remember, he was obsessed with SeaWorld, so we go, hey, uh, there was an escape. There, there's an escape at SeaWorld. We had uh, all the penguins got away, and they're in Mission Bay, and we, we got to round them up. So go find them. You know, Literally. So send them off. But there's a little penguin area on the side of Mission Bay out there. Nothing happened. But, yeah. they, but that's so we Yeah, them so off. we just send them off to do a patrol looking for it. <laughs> it's downtime. When you're lifeguarded right. and you have to deal with not talking to a psychologist and seeing dead bodies right. and all that, you have to have a little fun on your downtime exactly. as long as you're not having too much fun. Right. So you have to know where the level and is. And then we told them there's an eight-foot crocodile spot in one of the inlets coming into Mission Bay. You have to sit out there, and when you see them, you know, radio us to see when where the alligators. Like, so, I'm not going out there. I'm not right. going. Yeah. So we just had so much fun with these guys, but you can't do that anymore. You no wonder I can't mess PTSD. with them. No, yeah, that was oh, yeah. that was a little different back then. But that's how you debrief. Oh, you have to debrief. You know, you yeah. do you know? stuff. You put one guy used to put charcoal around the edge of the binoculars and then hand them to the boss, the lieutenant. 
So when he'd put them up there, he'd take them off. He'd have raccoon eyes, had a black charcoal, wouldn't know it. A couple hours goes by until you hear him scream when he's finding the bathroom. God dang it, who the freak? He's already been out as a lieutenant talking to the public and, right. and telling them, please go over here, ma'am. I'm the lieutenant in charge. And he comes back and he's charcoal like, on black eyes. damn it, Powell, get over here. Yeah. We, we definitely mess with each other all the time. We had one guy that, you know, once we found their weakness, we'd, we'd exploit it. So we had, we had one guy that was scared of spiders. You know, John is just horrified of spiders. So, of course, hey, let's put spiders in his locker, you know. And, and uh, Imagine that now. Like, yeah, the, you know, it. making a combative I think like, workplace. You'd get fired. You'd be yeah, you'd get fired. You'd we, we actually found what's called a spider crab. You know, spider crabs. They're big crabs yeah. with long legs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, had, yeah, yeah. we got one in Mission Bay. It was alive. It was huge. So we stuck it in his locker. And you can hear screaming from five <laughs> miles away. After that, I left the guy alone. So he, he opened his locker and he had this big old crab that looked like a tarantula. Remember that time we were fishing? Oh, yeah. The harbor troll? Yeah, hooked oh. hook fishing. I was fishing it's illegally at, at headquarters. Did I ever tell you this story? I don't think so. So Frank goes, hey, come down to headquarters, some barracuda out here. We're going to fish right off the dock. I go, and no one's here because you're not allowed not to allowed fish. To. Right. Like night, where right. I'm out there. And I'm throwing my line in, and uh, Corey Clark pulls up in the in the Harbor Patrol boat, okay? And oh, he's yeah. getting off, and and so I'm fishing, and I, I go back to cast, and I hear, God damn it! And oh. I look, and I hooked Corey Clark with a fishing lure Ooh. with a white worm in his cheek, and I sunk it in oh. really deep, and he let go of his <laughs> face. He let go of his hand, and I was... And he had this worm oh. hanging on his cheek. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. That's Kelly's brother, older brother. Yeah. Right, right, so he goes, right. God damn it, Powell. So he's up in the tower, and he's trying to use pliers to pull it out. But he gets so pissed, he and throws the entire on it. Yeah. he threw the entire first aid kit out the window. Yeah, yeah. He had to go to the hospital. They cut it and. That was fun. No, you can you can actually yeah, we couldn't fish do those. for but why couldn't you fish for bird? But you can imagine with these these fun stories, the camaraderie on the real stories, right. the serious stuff. Well, I the mean, serious stuff is like when I'm on my scuba team searching for a dead body. Well, and, I'm out there right middle of the night, or and I have I put my hand up. I need assistance. I got right. four people on one can and one's aspirating, and I got to get more help. And everybody's in the water doing their own rescues, and you get somebody else there, and all of a sudden Frank shows up. He's like, I got these two. Okay, I got these two. I'm like, could you take three? I got three. I take this one in. She's bad. Okay, I got these three. You know, and right. it's just like so you learn to count on each other. Oh, yeah, so right. if he calls me, if he calls me right now, 10, right. 20, 25 years later, if he calls me right now and goes, hey, you know, my daughter's, this is going on with me. I need you right here. And I haven't talked to him. If I haven't talked to him in six months, a year, two years, I'm there. Right. There's no. Yeah, no, you're like a like, real brotherhood. Yeah, it's, it's good. Just, it's just the way it goes. And if he it's calls you with backup somewhere or somebody's looking for him, he's looking for yeah, me. We, we help each other. It's, so didn't, it's, it's, didn't the yeah. police used to call you guys also to do weapon recovery oftentimes? Yeah, yeah. We have, you know, somebody shoots someone, throws a weapon throws off a, a weapon bridge. In the bridge or suicide, boom, hits yourself, it falls in the water off the jetty. It could be anything, a knife from crime, right? God, that just reminded me of another story. Guy yeah. shot his head off in front of me. I didn't think he was going to do it. The one in the car by leisure or the, no, on no. the jetties or what? No, this guy was on the dock at De Anza. Uh, I got I was, a guy in a jetty too. Like John, John Clemmer. We were just there doing training on the fireboat. And we heard there's a guy on the dock that's threatening to kill himself. And we were at that dock. And I, I'm looking. I'm like, where is he? You know, because we happened to be there. And oh, I saw him sitting there like uh, with his legs crossed. And he got up. And uh, I saw the police kind of looking at him. And they're looking at us going, what are you guys doing? Because our boat was way too close. And we wanted to have... You know, want to get out yeah, of there. Yeah, distance. We're already there. And as we're pulling up, he goes, 
He looks right at us. He goes, and tell my ex she can have that car. Boom, just doesn't hesitate. 357 Magnum. Yeah. Head just goes everywhere. Falls on the dock. Instantly, the seagulls come to eat the head. <laughs> like, it was so gross. He fell into the water. The gun's gone. So it went from a chaotic state in a millisecond silence. And then you see these birds going to pick up brain matter. And I remember, that's what I remember. I'm like, God, those birds are disgusting. And then so we had to, you know, recover the body. And, and then people want to do that in a, a place of like, you know, where there's like some kind of, you know, solemnness, whether, you know, out of rocks and it's like the sunset, whatever else is time to go. So right. they go out to right. these jetties where they could fall over, yes. you know, that kind of thing. And I've had, we've had them like so tied many. to shopping carts and push themselves, not to give anybody any ideas, off the, <laughs> off the uh, pier. pier right. You really? find him all the way to the bottom and you got to yeah. cut off with the handcuff or whatever else is on there. Yeah. That was OB, bring him up. You find them uh, weights in their, in, in their pockets and they jump off and it takes them down. They can't get back. It's just crazy stuff like that. We had this one guy that called it. That's uh, us getting them. A girl called. Yes, I know. You guys are the ones who go in <laughs> oh, the water I, and I pull bring them out. We bring, Brant Bass brings that guy up and I grab him part of the way underneath. Uh, it's an old lieutenant, um, a person that used to work for us. I know I'm not necessarily old lieutenant. I talk to Brant still. But as I'm bringing. Uh, Trust me, he's old. <laughs> but bringing him up with Brant. And he's got a scuba step on. I don't. And I grab the body and I throw it right on top of the back of the uh, the fireboat who's right. waiting for the body. I have the news cameras up there on us. Right. And I'm going, I got people everywhere looking. And I'm like, I got a little lifeguard one they just picked up, a brand new lifeguard rookie from Mission Bay to help out on the back of the boat, you know? Right. So I left the boat. I'm helping Brand. I get him on top and I throw him. He's been down maybe 25, 30 minutes. He's right. dead. Right. You know, after four, eight minutes for sure, you're gone. Right. Throw him on the boat like this. And he's he was tied onto the cart. He's but the movie, Onto the movie, a shopping cart? Actual shopping cart, yeah. And Did this, you bring the shopping cart up with you? No, nah, clipped, you were able to clip him off. Tie, it was just a rope tie. And uh -huh. knife, use a knife and get him off. Anyway, brought him up. I threw him on the back of the boat. And this kid named Bruce, I won't say his last name, goes right there to lip lock him. Oh, no. To stick his mouth to mouth on this guy. This, you know, you don't know where he's been. Right. He's dead and the whole bit. But the news cameras are there. You right. know, and so you want to keep doing your job. You want to put right. the oxygen mask on right. him and do it. And I just go, he's a rookie. And I just... Right my hand from in the water right in between his mouth. I go, no, no, no. Yeah, this is body recovery. <laughs> Pull him back. Well, we're going to get to him. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we brought him back and of course he was dead, but uh, I remember I this rookie a, going for it. I did a CPR on a guy at Black's Beach for 45 minutes and he lived. The very rare where they lived because you, you, we didn't have pallets who couldn't shock them back then. So you got to get that. If there's any like ventricular fibrillation, if there's anything in the heart that's going on, you have to shock them. Uh, the compression's just... You know, provides oxygen so they can kind of keep the body alive, basically. So this one got a seizure at Black's Beach, and um, they they brought they brought him in. We got there, he just cut his wetsuit, just started pumping his heart, and then we had to wait for paramedics because we're on the bottom of a cliff, and then put him in the rig, continue CPR. That's a lot of CPR. A lot of CPR up the hill, all the way to the emergency room, the trauma center inside. That's old system. school days. That's yeah. old school. You and I had one like that. Yeah. Together. So you and I take off. It's in between. We're working Mission Beach. He's a supervisor there, and I'm working one of the main guards. And we have two other guards at Mission that day. We luckily had four. Generally, it's only three. And Pacific Beach had two guards. Right in between us, a little more on the PB side, they have their a bodies being dragged in from the water. This guy had this heart attack, so nobody could spot him. Who's tracking him in? A surfer. Somebody's helping out. So we get a call. I go, Frankie, let's go. So Frank jumps in you know, to drive, and we're flying lights and sirens. It's an open beach. You know, it's early morning. We can fly down there. It's probably like 9 or 10. And uh, the news media gets the call. You know, they're somewhat close doing stuff. They start coming. 
Frank and I show up, and this other lifeguard, I'm not going to say his last name, wonderful lifeguard, great man, had went, went, went way high up in the lifeguard service. Uh, his name is John, not no last name. And he, uh, he come in, and he turns the corner. I've known him since grade school. I look over, and I said his name, and I said <clears throat> uh, his nickname. I said, Frank, you got O2 oxygen. Grab the oxygen. I go, I'm going to go grab him, work on him. Because I like to grab the chest first, so I don't got to make sure I don't do any mouth stuff. I right. don't have to, right? And, <laughs> and John Sorry. got there first, so he goes for the mouth stuff. And this is, we don't have, this was back when we would do a mouth to mouth. Yeah. Right. You know, they don't do that anymore because you, you, the diseases and stuff. You, if you can, you put something else there. I right. still would never hesitate on a kid myself, but right. this is an, an adult, probably 55 year old man, and uh, that had a seizure or heart attack in the water. And so, anyway, we get there and the crowd's starting to form around, it, around him, and we're just like, move, move out of the way. So, we get there. And I tell John, I go, I go, you got, you got mouth, I got compressions. So I fill up, I get ready for compressions. He tilts the head back, you know, and he goes for like a lip, he gives like a little breath, and he's uh, like, go down again. And I go, I remember. you remember this, man? Uh, what yeah. happened? Never. This is, <laughs> this is the honest to God truth, no exaggeration. I go, bam, and I just give him a hard CPR right in there. One, two. And right as John goes down to put his mouth on him, he like take a breath, like, like a... Like that, was he inhales and I pushed, the guy shoots a piece of pasta about this big, a moon-shaped orange-green pasta out of his mouth. And John's like, on the inhale, it goes into John's mouth and swallows it. And I go, I remember, I've known this guy since literally. And I look up at him and I go, I'm like, did that just fucking happen? Go, Are you serious? Did that just happen? I look at him I'm like, Are you okay? I'm like, Continue CPR. Like, you know, people are looking, let's just keep going. And he's got the O2, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm just, like, doing this. We get him to the medics, and I got to help out. They need me in the back pumping on him. So I'm pumping on him, holding on. This is back when Mission Bay Hospital was there. Right. And I'm pumping on him in the back. The guy's still dead. We turn back into Mission Bay Hospital. They get there, and they're like, hey, lifeguard. I'm like, yeah, they're like, come on back in. We're going to ambu bag a little separate respiration right. device. I kept going in the ER the whole time. You know, he came back and he lived for a couple of days and he didn't make it anymore, brain dead, so he died. But John, yeah, John, uh, I'm not going to say his last name, John yeah. uh, swallowed dead guy pasta. Yeah, that's call, that's what we call him now, the pasta man. Jeez. Yeah, that's happened a lot. I've had a couple of people throw up in my mouth when I was That was a it. weird one. Well, yes. throw up's one thing. You can tilt them and push them aside. Yeah, but they this won't. This guy shot a piece of They won't. I remember yeah. seeing it. You did like the Heimlich on him. A moon oh shape, God. like yeah. orange, like dripping with like green on the pot. Oh my uh, God. Sean, is, Sean has PTSD every time he eats pasta. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, he can't There's eat pasta. Uh, no more ravioli. <laughs> yeah. No. What else do we have? We have, we have a. So and so this is stories. just, look, this is just you two guys. Yeah, there's like, a whole there's, team. There's a whole bunch of guys that have stories like this, right. but they should have a whole section of. Um, uh, of of some type of psychiatric service with you, the you county think, to help yeah. everybody who's the emergency response. You can you know you see like we had people chopped up with a boat. You know like uh, one guy was. What do you mean chopped up? Uh, I remember one guy was hanging onto the back of a boat. You know like at the step, mm -hmm. and then his buddy like put the boat in reverse. Was the engine on? So the propeller. The propeller was on. So, oh, so he God. got sucked underneath in front of his family and chopped in half. And so. There's the bad ones, the yeah, gory those, ones. Those There's some the, great stories in a book by Ed Bedrosko, who's a state lifeguard, one that used to carry the gun, lieutenant. Right. Yeah. So Ed Bedrosko, we call him Eddie V, very well known throughout the whole state as an instructor. Yeah, super And he's now guy. retired after 44 years or something. And he has a, a one or two books out, I believe two, but one, the first one is just lifeguard stories, and it's it's a, a good, really good read. Yeah. Recommend it. Every Lifeguard, you can make it a career. People don't understand. You, you go to an actual academy. They have it at, here at San Diego's Miramar College. 
And uh, that's where Sean was teaching for at least 24 years. What did you teach? Uh, the Lifeguard Academy, but I'll do different aspects of that as well, like public what, relations, what, what did you legal. teach? Yeah, because people don't even understand. What do you talk about? There's a lifeguard academy. I know there's a fire academy. There's a police academy. Yeah, what academy. is it? Tell us what, how it is. Well, the subjects will be like water observation will be a subject. Then components of a rescue. How, do they get you, an AA degree? What do you need? They do. Yeah. Uh, they they made, a, a, made it a major. And so you have to be an adjunct faculty, you know, to work there. Are you just an instructor or are you a professor? I have a Juris Doctor degree in law, so I can teach anything that has to do with law as well right, right there. So I instruct them on forms and how to fill out stuff. And then I start showing them. Don't forget, a lot of them are coming as kids, 17 years old. Their judgment's not there yet. Their hormones are still moving. you got to figure this out. i got to say things like, hey, you can't ask out a female lifeguard you know, over here, and you can't be on the beach talking to girls in bikinis and asking them out. You know, The mayor's paying you for this time. Do you think the mayor wants to pay you for that 45 seconds? No, he doesn't. Do your job. You know, right. this is what this is how what it com, is composed constrived of, of contains. And so uh, we start off with talks like here's how you have to do it. And don't cut don't be drinking that night till 2 a.m. Then come to the work. You still have blood alcohol in you. You can't be coming into that work like that the next day. So it's better to stay at home because if we smell that, you're gonna get fired. This is the way it works. Cell phones, don't bring them. Leave them in your car. In your locker at work, maybe, but you can't bring it out of the tower with you. No way. That's a problem these days. You look right. down for a second and you miss what somebody just dropped down, right. just dropped in the water. Right. That's a problem. So we have to start off with all those things, knowing where they are situated in their age. Then we tell them the, the specific things, communication, the history of the service. Uh, what should you expect with swells? Where do swells come from? Lifeguard, uh, bigger waves. Hydrology. Uh, all of that. Anything from a basic scuba talk to the bay rescues with drop-offs to the ocean rescues and rip currents, right? So they have all these classes they got to go to. Then we take them out to the beach and give a practical talk. Here's what you're looking for on slideshow. You know, we're up there on video, and here's what you're looking for out in the water. On, so we put them in the tower, use, move their heads, learn scanning methods, methods. You know, what, there's like five, six different scanning methods. Am I looking at everything and just my head on a swivel? Or Mike, like, remember in Denny's when you were a little kid, you had to connect the dots and right. you would connect them and make like, look, mom, I made a giraffe. Like that. Are you going to connect the dots and say, I see everybody? Or are you going to look at the inside and the intermediate and the outside? Or are you going to look at them in one-third, one-third, one-third? What are the methods you're going to use? What's going to be best employed for the way that you guard so you're not going to miss this rescue? Because we, we're in charge of a lot of, a lot of kids you know, that's a lot of moms and dads. Right. Be, it meant someone dies, it changes everybody's life, right? Yeah. It's not a responsibility given to a kid who just turned 18. Right. Right. Don't have anyone drown when I'm a sergeant. That's what I tell people. I would. Well, do I, not I'd love screw up. Do not make a mistake. Do not hesitate. Yeah. You better be 10-8. You better be ready to go. And and they were, man. I had, we, have, yeah. we have good guards in San Diego. These guys are like. Pro athletes, they are. It's a mindset, so though. It's a like, mindset, like right. seals have their own mindset, and we trained a lot of seals that come in afterwards, and that's too. But our mindset, you know, when we were there making a lot of rescues, my mom, I look out there, and I would be like, I dare you, go ahead, right, one exactly. of you, I dare you to try to drown. I got you, I'm gonna find you, you know, that kind of thing. And we would get down to a science where instead of like making the rescue, because you had to make it funny, making so many of them, you 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 know, like I said, you run out there, you run between the sand, you gotta be careful running between people in a crowded beach. They just they're here visiting from. Minnesota, and the next thing you know, you know, they bought their pizza for 30 bucks, and you just ran by them and put sand over their all pizza. Try eating a piece of pizza with sand. Tastes great. So <laughs> that's not going to work, right? So be careful, and then get out there quickly. Drop your rescue buoy. Switch your hands. High step. Porpoise. Turn your fins. Put your fins on when you can't porpoise any further. Deeper water. And swim to the victim. Get there. Do this. Make a sign. Swim back in, right? We started getting into a science where I was like, 
I would just run, 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 and jump like the high tides. I could catch an air pocket in the, in the middle of the air, toss my buoy in the middle of the air, switch hands in the air, hit underneath the water like a torpedo, go fin, fin, and come up with a butterfly kick and stroke out of the water like, ugh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and making that rescue like into a science, but it was fun and quick. Yeah, you did a lot. It's a good times. Good times. What, do you, what do you think the most um, dangerous beach would be in San Diego as far as rip currents and being careful? I know it's a tough question because it could, it could travel. Well, around, for the number, for the number of people, o- Mission Beach and Central has the number of people that go there that I I think are not good, good swimmers, swimmers, right? And the number of parking lots and the length of the beach, I would say Mission Beach would probably be. And Mission Beach has had the most deaths that have come out of Mission Beach is generally because of the glare. And it's happened when it, even a guard's been in the tower. If if there was a guard in the tower, because of the glare, when you're out there and the sun hits and you can't see that area, you have to rely on the adjacent towers next to you to do right. a cross check. Right. Right. And so, who's the main tower? Well, they got to rely on this young, you know, younger kid in a little tower, or put a truck, you know, or jeep down there, or put a surfboard or jet ski in the water. Exactly. So the glare's real bad. If you're talking just per capita for square footage for number of rescues, I would say Ocean Beach. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you're talking small, not too many people in the water at La Jolla, but those rocks turn. Right. When you walk into La Jolla, you could be in trouble in real quick. Yeah. That. Right around the cove, if cove, you get, the casa, sharp razor reef. You know, right, you got you get caught swell. up in that. You got there's no escape because you have water, big surf, and a cliff. It's so funny. Wind seas so had where tons do you of them? rescues the last five years. Yeah, yeah, wind yeah. Seas. More people going. A lot of you know, a lot of good surfers. I give credit to the surfers because surfers make rescues all the time that you never hear about. They rescue people all the time. And they that don't. that was interesting because surfers, when we became more law enforcement, we started. Hey, you know, we're kind of cops. Don't cross the line into the swimming area or we'll give you a ticket. We'll arrest right. you. We'll take your board. But we needed them to be our friends because during a rescue, I needed their help to come on over. Right. right. So I was never one of those, like, let's write the surf for a ticket unless a guy came in. I didn't know him from a different area. Ticked off and threw his board at my truck. Then I'd be like, hey, uh-uh. You know, that's right. not going to happen. But for the most part, if there was a, a, a surfer to talk to, it's just like, hey, you can't surf over here because it's a swimming area. You're going to hit somebody. I know you're a good surfer, but I can't have this kid get cut up by your fins. Right. So could you please stay over here? If not, can you go to this part of the beach where that type of wave is breaking better? Because I want them as friends out there. I was like, no, no, I need you. I need you. And next thing you know, someone's causing trouble. Four surfer buddies of mine are pulling over going, uh-uh, let the lifeguard alone. Lifeguard, can we help you? Right. And they'll get... So just conversely, someone hurts their neck or has a dislocated shoulder in the water. Happens all the time. They're coming over. What do you want us to do, Sean? Uh, let's can we get him on your board? Yeah, let's get him on the board. I'll, I'll push the tail and he'll kill. You know. Yeah, because awesome. they know. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Re- awesome. re- you recruit them. The the best <laughs> lifeguards are people that have good wave knowledge. There's like a. You got it. Yeah, the way. So those surfers are out there every day. They know when the sets are coming in. They know how the wave works. They know what. It, well, that's why you were feels good. Like because we spent every summer. Yeah, in the water. And the wa- at the at the cove or at the beach, like we were, we would w- wait for the waves to hit the rocks, and we would just f- let the waves throw us on the rocks. Frank's right. judgment—he has emergency judgment that's second to none. He it, what Frank can do is evaluate a situation when he's there, because not every situation is get to the light, get to the victim, push him the buoy. He's okay. I'll bring him in. Right. It's not like that. All of a sudden, another person pops up, or they go, "I had somebody else I was swimming with. And I don't see him anymore." He can mm-hmm. think. Like that, and all of a sudden evaluate and go and, and analyze and just say, I need this, I need this, I need a, you know, I need a helicopter, I need a person on standby, I need a paramedic right here, I want four more guards in the water. If this person is missing, the direction of the current's going this way, I need a buoy set out there, but landmarks over here, he just goes to work. So he does that analyzation really well. And so when he's in charge of something, I know, I just I don't want to be another leader. Just tell me what you want me, 
I'll yeah. go there and do my piece. Let's right. go. Right. Good. Yeah, it was a good team. One of the best rescues I made was at Mission Beach. We had a call of a person missing in the water from a 911 call from a payphone. They don't even have payphones anymore. <laughs> so when it, when I, but they could tell which payphone it came from. So when I went to the beach, uh, I found the payphone, but there's no one there. So then you have an access to the beach. I don't know, I don't know whether to go left or right because it's really foggy, really foggy that night. Or if it was a fake call, somebody called bullshit, called 911, then left. So I kind of, I just, I just went left, you know. So I'm on the beach water. I got my rig. I'm driving. I don't say anything. Uh, I had another guy go the other way that met me after 15 minutes. And now my headlights hit something that looks like a person jumping up and down. And this girl like in her underwear and bra was waving to me. And so I'm like, oh my God, I'm here, but I don't know what location I'm at because I cannot see. Funny the details you remember from that far away, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're wearing bra. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Not naked. Saw that. Underwear and bra. Because I remember if they're in underwear, because here's how I think. If they're in underwear and bra, they didn't come to swim. So they're not swimmers. They're tourists. If they're tourists and have underwear and bra, that means that probably someone is under in there drowning because these people don't know how to swim because no one's just going to go in their underwear and bra. And they weren't prepared to swim. And, they're, and they've been drinking. So that's why I, I noticed these things. So I go, okay, rookie, someone's in there. They're probably true. Someone's drowning. Let me see what's going on. Not sure where I'm at, just calling and go, hey, I'm maybe at a certain court that I tried to anticipate how far I drove, but it's just me. So they're screaming so loud, and that's a big group of people, and I remember they're, they're just like, get out there. We saw him. He hit a wave, and he went under. And um, so just for like to get away from these people, I grabbed the rescue board, and I just ran into the ocean, and it was dark, and it was really foggy, and I can hear the surf break, and I was trying to time, like, when's the next wave going to hit me? And I go as far as I can until I know I'm past the surf line and I can rest. And there's a way to turn a big rescue board. You sit on the back of it and then you spin it around. And when I was spinning it around, I see this guy's face right here. Just his mouth and his lips. And that's awesome. That's like finding a pot of gold because yeah. otherwise you don't, you don't, I got him. Right. So then when I saw him and I saw him like his nose, nostrils kind of flared and I grabbed the back of his neck. I'm like, oh. you don't let go. Hair, whatever go. you got, armpit, you hold. Nothing's going to let go of this. Right. I got the death grip on him, and I had him, but he wasn't talking, but he was breathing, and, and I, I could tell he, he didn't aspirate. So he's just he was going down. Like, right. I just the second before him. death. Yeah. yeah. So I grab his armpits, and I just muscle him on my board, and he's so big, I go, okay, I got to go out further because I don't want to get caught in that impact zone because if that wave takes me over, I'm going to have a wrestling That's match That's a lifeguard choice. Should I bring him in or is it worse to bring him right. in right now? Should I bring him outside, wait for a boat, or give him, him and I a chance to, for a breath? Or should right. I have to breathe on him out on the exactly. board and then bring him in? Right. So I piled him out there and I, I got him turned and he woke up. He goes, hey, thank you. I don't even know. I thought I was dead. Like, he was unconscious, kind of nice, come up and go, you're not dead, but we're not in a good situation, man. I got you. You're with a lifeguard. We're on a rescue board, but we have to get you back inside. And there's So he's coming, too, right? We call that times four. If you can know your person, place, thing, who the president is, whatever, you answer four questions. Right, exactly. Times three, you're not really here all the way. Times two, you're kind of funneling out. Times one, you're, like, going out. You're saying, maybe you were in my dream, maybe not. So he gets them at times. He's almost times zero to one when he got him in that phase. Yeah, the first thing's the ABCs, airway, breathing. Level of consciousness, we call it. Right. Yeah, circulation and then level of consciousness, right, those Up questions. So he kind of, so I just pile him out there. We're just both, he's laying and I'm sitting. I'm like, hey, I got you. Just got to rest, but I got to figure out how to get back in because I don't want to lose you off the board. So you have any strength? So he kind of a little bit. I go, all I need you to do is get on your belly, keep your chin up, hold on to these rails. 
and I'll do the rest. So I, I paddled them way to the south, and then I came in, and we got lucky. We caught a wave, like a three-foot wave, but it was good enough to push us all the way in until awesome. my skeg hit. The, awesome. My skeg stopped me. I pick them up. We're walking. And I'm like, let's go meet your friends. So I'm walking back, and that's the best scene because you go there in the fog, and these people were praying to Jesus. And, and you they, come right yeah. out. And, and I'm like, is. hey. Yeah. Like, and they were listening to me. I'm like, excuse me. And then they, they look up, and they, they saw their friend. And it was just like the miracle, man. They all cried. You make was, thousands of rescues, and, and most of the time, two people, four people might see it. No right. big, it's no big deal. Right. And you don't need anybody to see it. You don't do it for that reason. Right. But once in a while, you'll walk in with someone, and there'll be 100 people on the beach applauding. And just kind of like right. gives you that sense of smile, like a little more, like maybe a, a little more appreciated today. Yeah, you know? so true. Okay, we're back. Okay, we're back. We we're just back. took a little restroom break. We're it's back with Sean water. Green. So we're talking about rescues, Sean. I had... We just told your favorite rescue. Yeah, what is yours? Well, certain ones stick in your mind, right? From the first rescue you ever made. Right. uh, And anyways, there's too many stories. But but let's hear one of your good ones or favorite Well, there's the ones that I remember that stick in my mind because I know that person would not be alive today. Exactly. And so the way I I look at it is like I remember I'm working Tower 4 at Ocean Beach. And, you know, we cross-check each other's water. That means I don't just watch my tower four, I go to four and a half in between four and five. The yeah, next so these tower. are the little lifeguard towers. There's five of them lined up. They yeah. look like bird like satellite cages. towers. Yeah, and then you have the main tower. So you got so, tower three, tower four, and five, and we're both cross-checking each other's glare, watching right. each other's water. And I look over at tower five's water, and I see a little girl start to go out in, a, in an area that's pulling really hard, the rip current, and she's mm. little. I mean, she's like three, maybe four. And I'm looking over, and I look at the lifeguard at tower five, and right as she kind of walks up, he was just starting to switch the tower from a tower relief guard was going to take taking a break, taking the tower. Right. When they did that, they both talked to each other and switched, and they weren't watching because it was just right. normal function. Right. And so I noticed that they weren't watching. I looked, and I go, that's not good. And my water was pretty clear, and I just go, tower five. Either say, tower four to Ocean Beach. I'm standing by on one individual in the intermediate, one little girl going into a bad area, right? Or you go, tower four to five, go I'm in. <laughs> When you don't have time, right. four's in. Right, you at exactly. least say that because when they see you running the main tower way up high, goes, right. where are they going? Right. I just go, four's in. And I, I just right. watched her going in the hole. Right. I just start booking full speed out of my area, right into the front of that, that lifeguard's area. And I just launched for this dive. And I opened up my eyes. And I'm going, please, 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 please. And all of a sudden. Were you underwater? I'm, oh, yeah. I'm underwater. It's like I'm running about knee deep. And then you jump. It was a hole. So I knew it was going to be. Two more feet deep, so I jumped in. I opened my eyes for a for a three or four year old. It's already two foot over their head, three foot over right. their head. They're done. And as I opened my eyes, this this girl underneath was like had like the belly kind of like back, head was like this, and like turning in the water, and like not really struggling. And I'm like, I just opened my eyes, but I didn't see her. Didn't see her. Didn't. All of a sudden, I opened that was like that, and I just went grab. I go, please, 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 God, breathe. And I held her up, and I heard this cough, and I was just like, oh, thank you, but. For some reason, that one stays in my mind. Yeah. I brought her back because I think normally I'd be watching my water. I right. wouldn't have looked that far over. They wouldn't have catched it. Someone would have been under, not struggling. And the parents like, hey, where'd Daisy go? Right. You right. know, did she go back to the car? And all of a sudden, we're like, she hasn't seen. Did she get abducted? Right. Right. We're looking for, you know, kidnappers right, exactly. that day. Right. The body's not going to wash up <laughs> for probably six, seven days, right. you know, we, down by the jetty. Right. And like, that happened. Right. So you, you, I remember some of those out of yeah. all the, you know, a few thousands that were there. Yeah. My but weirdest yeah. one was a guy, a girl called in, said her boyfriend left her apartment naked towards the water. So he's going to commit suicide. Awesome. So it, was a, it was like a midnight call. Jeez. So then you got to go, okay, you got to evaluate it. Do I, look, he's not at the beach yet. He's, 
apparently going to go to the beach. He's naked, so yeah. should be easy to spot a naked guy. And then uh, what do you do? Do you send helicopters? Do you send boats? Do you sell lifeguards? So we, we did. This we, is nighttime? Nighttime. We deployed. Didn't find anything. And then the next day, a guy was walking his dog, and he goes, hey, there's a leg inside the jetty. A leg. A leg? A human leg? Yeah, a human leg. So I'm the first guy to respond yeah. with, with uh, John, same guy you had. And uh, he was he was always there, too. Uh, and um, the guy had drowned and, and floated in between the rocks of this huge jetty, and then seaweed floated right behind him. So he was that's where the current was going, Yeah, right? so he was, just, he was just packed in there with a leg sticking out. Jeez. So at first the dog found it. It, was, it smelled the person's leg and barked, and the person goes, there's a leg. So we're thinking it may be a body part, and then I have to start digging all the oh. seaweed up. Then I have to crawl inside of the cave to really get to him. And I finally made it, and it was this guy, and he has some tattoos that we confirmed it was the person that called in last night. I feel bad because, you know, where was he when we were looking for him? So, But you can easily hide. Maybe he's still in the house. But I remember putting something to get the guy out. He started, like, cracking. Oh, they do that. Yeah. Oh, or like, people okay, fall off. Right. It's been another too right, long. Right. So do I want to rip this guy's body in half because he's just almost vacuum packed? It was like a, a like a pulley system. Yeah, it's like a you know like a come called, along. A come along. Yeah. So you you tie it tie it around the waist just to try to pop the guy out. And I kept hearing his bones crunch. Did you get him out? I got him out. Yeah. yeah. There's gory ones you don't want to know. Yeah. There's some that just are so gross. I mean, I'm <laughs> 19. I'm on I'm eight, 18 and a half, and I'm on Mission Bay. Right. I'm, I'm a kid. And this is, you're thinking like, okay, you, you know, you have, I have kids that are 29, 27, 23. Right. I wouldn't want my kids finding what I find. Right. No way. You know, and I get this, I'm over on the, uh, I get these kids come over to Mission Bay, a place called Leisure Lagoon, which is over by the Hilton over yeah. there. And these kids are right. on the island going, something's over there, like skin or something. It smells really bad. I'm like, oh, geez, body right. smell bad. This isn't right. going to be good. Right. You know, but I'm only 18 and a half. So I, you know, call, I didn't need radio. I pick up the telephone back in those days and call the main tower and say, I want to be checking this out. So I go over there and I just big thing of skin. And I don't know really what it's from. I don't think cows are out here swimming. Right. I'm like, it does smell terrible. I go, oh, now these kids come up and they go, we found these. And they're like bones. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, that's a big horse and somebody's doing some kind of sacrifice thing on the island or it's a little island out there. Right. Or this is a dead body. Right. Okay. Well, lo and behold, I get the homicide detectives come. They were gloves way up to here, not here. That's how you know the difference. They come and check it out and they, interview me and same morning a guy finds a head in a bag by Deanza Cove a mile down Mission Bay and the head has no face on it but it's just a head okay that's not good right and so I end up writing down what I what I I observed I get to go to court you know and uh while I'm in court there uh I'm outside waiting the waiting room I'm with these detectives and the detectives uh are like yeah looking at Polaroids and I'm like what's that and they're like there's a piece of a face looking out of a green bucket, like with a mouth open, with like a bunch of teeth missing, like in terror. Right. And I'm like, 18, I never want to see this nightmare again, right? <laughs> that was the face they'd taken off. So this guy comes from Texas, got out of prison after like nine years, goes to Pacific Beach and knock, takes this guy home with him, right? Wants to have his way with this guy, apparently. Knocks him out like with a hammer behind the head has his way with them, and then cuts the body parts, pieces up. There's like intestines on his shower and in the freezer and stuff. Okay, that's how, pretty sick, right? Yeah. So I'm getting there and they show me this picture out of a bucket. I can still see that face right. looking out of a bucket. Because he thought if you cut off the face, you could track him. 
And he put the bucket full of lye, which is like acid that eats the face, but it just turned it orange, didn't really eat it. Oh, yeah, great story. <laughs> oh, I could. Uh, can, I, podcast. Can, I, can I one, one, can I one, one up, up you? You know what up me on well, that? No, well, this is a gross. Holy crap. Okay, because that reminds me of shit I've seen that I forgot. Yeah, I've seen. see, that's why you always. So okay. there was this one lady who was really old in her 80s or 90s. And she, she lived was, in a shoe? No, she, but she had a dog, a poodle, and she was walking. It's a new story. She lives in a Nike. <laughs> <laughs> She's on top of this cliff, right, in La Jolla. They're, they're, it's, it's called Dead Man's. Oh, yeah, I know what 90 that is. 90-foot cliff. Yeah. That's for people that jump off, not because right. people are dead there. Well, but, if right. you go a little bit this way, there's no water. There's only rocks down right. there. And so the dog comes home that night, and she doesn't come home. So the, the people call, hey, my – and she had Alzheimer's. And uh, grandma didn't come home. And so we, we went over there, and you kind of look, and you go. It's a bad afternoon yeah, movie. That, that, so you know, <laughs> grandma like. Grandma didn't come home. Yeah, grandma doesn't come home. And you go, like, uh, she, she may have fell. So I was on a boat, and I swam in, and I was walking over the rocks just to see. And I wasn't even prepared for this because I thought, I'm just doing it to double check. And I see something, and what the hell is that? Oh, my God, this lady had did a header, right? And she she went between these two rocks, like her neck was way back. She's like folded in half, and then she vomited blood, and the blood like froze, and there was ants going up the oh, blood trail into her mouth. So that I'm focused on. I was like, "What is that? Are those ants?" <laughs> <laughs> and her and her dress is upside down, granny panties, ants going into her mouth. I was like, "I found her." Oh, and. Uh, that one was kind of tough. That just reminded me. I forgot about but that. But we laugh it's, at this. Not, I mean, we no, obviously it's wasn't funny at the no. time. No disrespect, but we you have to learn to do that in this kind of job. No, I have to. Or else you would just take it home with you every second and try. You wouldn't let your kids go outside right, to exactly. play. But the funniest thing is what you said earlier in the podcast is that what would you do after that? Well, I sat with her, you know, and I would say like a little prayer like, hey, sorry, uh, but I knew she died quick, so it wasn't like I mean, obviously a broken neck. The lady was, you know, bent in half, and um, now you have to remove the body. No, but I don't mean oh, no, that. Well, I mean, did you how go did, about your day? Did, did you go you, back to Denny's? He's oh, trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went back to the <laughs> boat. Right. That was, that was it. Yeah, and you went back to work. That was it. Let's go. Like, hey, I don't think he bought go. an ant. <clears throat> right. I found a dead body. Yeah. And yeah there's ants you, were crawling up. A, right. Up. Same thing when you go find a dead diver, a dead person in the water when they're there for too long. There's things eating them, and one of the things is lobsters. That's I, a great point because you reason. That's the reason why people are, are listening to this. Why do the lifeguards come back the next day and try to find the body, or they stay on for a few hours till dark, or wake up early the next morning and try to recover the body? It's for the family. We want. It's for the family. This person's yeah. already dead. It's been ten minutes, twenty minutes, right. thirty minutes, an hour. Right. I want to find you because right. I know what it looks like a week later when you wash up and you're all bloated and you have no more eyes and because right. you've rolled along the bottom, all the skin's pulled off you right. and you're missing part of this limb or something. Right. And I don't want your mom or dad to look at you for the last time and see that. Yeah, so exactly. if I go after you that day and still find you an hour later or the next morning and get you whole and you still look like yourself so they can at least have somewhat of their closure, right. that's a big deal. Right. And so right. there's there's more to the process than just like deep breathe, go on, go to your next job. When you teach your exactly. class, do you explain this to the student? It, cautiously. It's their first approach at lifeguarding. You know, they're not becoming full-time yet, but I do tell them that they might have body searches or recoveries. If we have to go out there and someone's missing, a codex we call it, mm -hmm. then we have to do searches. We have a line search where you all get across from each other, either hold hands or hold on to a rope and, go and look for a body. Well, what if you bump into them? And that scares people. People are kind of like, don't let me find it. Don't let me find it. Right. right. There's but some people that I try don't to talk their it. psyche into, listen, 
Find it. Find <laughs> it. You are like a dog, a, a, a bird dog. Right. If I go out there and I go boom and I shoot uh, some kind of you know bird, it falls down. My dog goes and gets it and brings it back. That's your job as a lifeguard. That's what I really need you to do. Spot it. There it is. Go bring them back to shore. You're a bird dog. All the rest of it, we can start adding on to after that. That's your primary function. And so if you bump into this, it's like, like I said, like it's like the, you know, the end of the pot of the gold, the end of the rainbow. You just did this. Tell yourself, this is gnarly, but I'm not letting this person go no matter what happens to me and yell the word lifeguard, you know, or got him and hold on. We'll be there in seconds after you say that. And that is amazing that you, that you luck and your skills just did that right. made that happen. Right. So I try to put that in their head so they can make it happen instead of like, I'm not really searching. It's like, nah, I need you to search. Yeah, you have to go with the mental capacity of, I want to be the one to find this body and I'm going to find it. Like I remember when I'm on searches, I would hold, I'd hold my breath and just float and see where the current's taking me. Great. Yep. And I'd just Love go, it. go there. That's where the body is. And then you just, you just keep going and then you do it again. We have different... Could be mask and snorkel. You may be the person on scene right. with no mask and snorkel. Right. You're just you all of a sudden you bump into somebody right. and murk in water and you're like, what was that? And you're like, that's the body, you know. Right. And they're heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try lifting that person up. They're oh my heavy. god, I so, just remembered another one. Woo. Yeah. You uh, go all day. Huh? Well, I could go all day. When I first got on the I didn't Har- even know we we're gonna talk about life governing today. Yeah, well we're gonna <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about your band a bunch of stuff. There's one kid when I first got hired, uh it, the guy uh slipped off a boogie board. Okay, so he's missing in Mission Bay. So it's like maybe he slipped off, maybe he's not because you don't know if he made it to the shore. The parents are looking for him. And I was the first one there, and I had a bailout bottle. I wasn't on the scuba team or anything, but I'm like, if I'm going to go into water, I'm going to take some air. Right. And I remember putting the mask on, and I have my, my bailout tank, and I went down, and Mission Bay is filled with this stuff called seagrass. It's like long grass. Underneath the grass, it's silt. So when you touch it, you just, you're in a cloud. cloud so I was down there like trying to grab and hold. And I grabbed this uh, one thing I, I put to my mask. It was like a, a tool. I remember it was a tool. And then I grabbed another thing. I wasn't sure what it was. I almost let it go. There's broken glass down there. Yeah, All sorts of glass. rusty stuff. Yeah. And then I grabbed this other thing, thought it was a stick, but I wanted to make sure when I put it up to my mask, it was his foot, a, bottom, a foot just, just sucked onto my thing. I'm like, what the, holy shit, I got the kid. So I brought him up as a little like eight year old, but he was he was done. But I didn't expect to find him. It was a weird thing that I I went there and just go just see what I could do. And Here the kids go. are lighter. We grab them. Oh, really light. That's why. Yeah, that's yeah. why I almost let them go because like neutral buoyancy right. in the water. And, and and I just always remember that little foot being on the, my mask and just seeing all of his toes, and it was still white. And I was like, maybe there's a chance. I mean, I I brought him up. I broke the surface. Guards were there. That's awesome. They, I, I handed them off, and then I never then, heard that story. Yeah, I got back in my boat. That was my first ever. We don't even tell these stories usually. We don't even tell want my stories. kids to hear them. I don't want my wife to hear these stories. Right. No one wants to hear. But my, I uh, hopefully the podcast. Like, you forget yeah. your mic. We're just talking. Right. Exactly. You know? and it's yeah. Just you're like, debriefing. We've had fun doing. This is a yeah. debrief. Yeah. There's so many of them. There's just so many weird things that happen, and people don't know what you do, and they like, uh, your lifeguards. Are, and they used to go, "Did you ever? Have you ever made a rescue?" <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. Wait. About thirty six hundred. They well, say. Well, so now, right. so now, so anybody, anybody say. listening to this, it's a great when you see a lifeguard, you're going to look at them differently. Maybe you I cannot so. look at a lifeguard the same way right. after 
watching this or listening to this and podcast. And hopefully we're changing right? that public perception, even <clears throat> taking it to the professional level further, where you'll actually go up and say, just don't ask, even not ask questions except where to swim, but say thank you. Yeah, right. thank, say, thank. They, they don't get it. Believe me, right. every 500 rescues, you probably, you, I, you might get three thank yous. Right. Maybe. Maybe. And, and that's that's a big maybe. But when you go to vote and you go to vote for something to happen on the coast or, you know, for lifeguards, support them because there's not that many of them and there's right. a whole bunch of people, people on the yeah. beach. If we right. didn't have lifeguards, it would be the, the whole reason the lifeguard service started was a mass drowning in nineteen whatever oh, oh nine or something yeah nineteen oh nine. There was a day where the um, the at Ocean Beach at Ocean Beach, and what happened was they were going to give a free day to the military personnel, so they let them go down on buses. And in Ocean Beach, it had a place called Wonderland. It was like Be- Belmont Park. It had it had everything: roller coasters, slides, throw the stuff at the bottle. So it was servicemen went there. And on the beach, Dog Beach, obviously is still there. There was a person that was drowning. So one of the servicemen went in to go help. Then he started to drown. Another one went in to help. He started to drown. By the end of it, 11, it's either 11 or 13. It's 13. I think maybe 13 yeah. servicemen died. That's why you grab a flotation device and paddle it out or you get it to somebody if you can. And then after that, the city goes, we need to put a guard here. So they put... The police lifeguard involved. police right, right there right started as police there. started as police and then they then the first lifeguard was yeah. uh, a guy that was like I forgot his name he was a volunteer he just goes I'm gonna rescue people I don't give a shit what anyone says I'm an ocean beach I'm an ocean guy and he'd do all these rescues and he started getting volunteers and so they this the community made their own rescue team but after that the city went behind and started the lifeguard service because thir- thirteen servicemen die in one day. That they're right. supposed to be going to a park and having a good time when they're trying to rescue because these Marines or whoever they are think they have the skills because they're strong. But <clears throat> ocean skills, water skills are totally different than any other skill. You cannot go in the water if you don't know what you're doing. And you the makeup of the drown. guard has changed so much. It used to just be that bigger, muscular guy. You're thinking the perception. You, right. know? you know how many girls we have working for us? All races. You know, it's just it's, it's awesome. Do we, we say get, good? I mean, we have girl water polo. Isn't that fe- don't you say female, so not girls? Uh, yeah, female, women. You know. Okay, I was a kid. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm in my 50s now. I say girls because everybody's so darn young. That right, exactly. Teach, but, so, yeah. yeah no, I got you. Man. So, Sean, when, when you were a lifeguard, I know that part of the way that you would debrief is your singer. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I sang yeah. in a band back then. I did. Yeah, yeah you did. did. I, you I, sat, you, you did I remember this. when I first saw him. I'm like, a nice segue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, that, because that is a really... Stress cool. release. Uh, yeah, stress release. But tell us a little bit about your band and let, and about the music scene. Well, just to let you know, Sean has a background because every year we have like annual parties. We have this. And Sean would always put together um, what would go on the T-shirt. Like he had this artistic thing. Right. Like, and, and you'd do it and he'd, he'd say, no, no, no. But then yeah, I have a bunch of them. Every, those are my lifeguard. favorite T-shirts. Right. He, and I started he, a T-shirt company with our right. drummer who worked for Pixar. That's called uh, Shirt Mafia. We liked punk rock back in the late 70s, early 80s. So we came up with these graphics we put together and changed them uh, you know how we wanted them and put them on shirts and we you know we sell those for some side money and just because we wanted to see those on everybody right so is that but, your company name still uh shirt mafia yeah shirtmafia.co but uh the band started way back you know in high school right and it was just a, it's a fun punk rock do. yeah but mostly punk and we right. did some stuff back then called mod and ska and it was right. called the imports and we, we had a blast. You started it. it. I uh, mean, yeah, yeah. And all those guys, all those people in that band became professional musicians, yeah. except for me. Yeah. You know, we got really good. And I just, I was like, 
I got to go to college, guys. I got to right. split. You right. see Davis is picking me up. They want me to come play soccer. I'm going to go. Right. You know, and so. Smart move. I, mm-hmm. I did that. The band wasn't very happy with me. They became right. a band called the Slow Ponies in Mission Beach, which got pretty popular, too. And then, uh, you know, t- I don't know, four, four years ago or so, a couple of those guys called me and they were like, hey, let's go play some music. I go, sure, I'll play some fun music with you. You know, in a room, right. we're just playing around. You know, we should do this again. I go, no, nah, dude, we're old. You know, rest his soul last week, but I look like Bob Barker now. I'm old. Right. I'm like jumping <laughs> off a stage, you know, yelling right. F-bombs all day yeah. long. Right. The next thing you know. They're, Not the they're, same reaction. No, but but uh, then I kind of like, well, I can jump off the stage, and I can say F-bombs all day long, so maybe I should do this. Right. And so. You, you know, haven't we, lost it. Yeah, we put a, we put, put the band together to see what would happen. And, you know, already the, the old guys trying to live their last hurrah that's going to play a little party right. with covers. Now these guys are very talented musicians. Yeah, so yeah. Played, no, I heard your, oh, I heard your stuff. Yeah, these guys have went on, tw- played tours with Soul Asylum and Bad Religion and and bands, uh, Henry Rollins band. All they, they're great musicians. That's they're, awesome. Most of them are tatted head to toe, except for me. Yeah, well, that's that, all. Those guys are tatted because they're artists. And they're then they're very good at what they're craft. Yeah, they're, they're artists. So we they're started just... a, a band called NSL, and we started to put a few things out there, but didn't really publicize it. You know, we had a mission to like, let's go do a big Europe tour and do this. We can do this. And then COVID hits. Yes, I like, remember that. God darn yes, it. We were getting that. all ready. Right. And so you had to sit, we had set them up. We started a t-shirt company during COVID. What else can we do? We'll write a few songs. So now it's called uh, The Voodoo Saints. Nice. And, uh, we got to get just, one of those t-shirts. We just changed. We have a few different ones. We just changed That's the name, name three weeks ago. That's a great yeah, name. I love did, the logo, man. I we mean, did Google crap. Analytics and we found out that like 16 year olds to 25 year olds like us and like 52 to like 58 year olds like us right. and the middle phase like doesn't really is our okay right but that's our main following right so you got to change your name guys you got to get something catchy right. so we dropped our distributor got a new one right. dropped all the songs we had on spotify off and now we're starting again wow. releasing our first song on monday nice. called sunday morning and it's a it's a real good song i got hey, a call do you have it on your phone we can play a little bit of it I do have it on my phone, but they can go okay. look it up on Spotify or something. I well, you should should hear well, no, it's real stuff. Okay, it's I heard coming it, out I heard, on Spotify September 3rd, 4th. It should be out by Monday, and we have two different versions. What day is the Monday. first? Yeah, the third. Give a shout-out to your Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so so it'll be on Spotify as the Voodoo Saints, and uh, and it takes two days to, after you send it to go to Spotify, so it might take till Wednesday with a holiday or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this song, I got a call. A really good director did a Lady Gaga commercial and a few other things real good. Really, uh, Liz and Encinitas knows his stuff. Uh, I can't say his name right now because uh, this, this got picked NDA up for a, uh, a TV show for all. That's this song, Sunday Morning, for all 12 of this season's intro no and way. outro. And so nice. I was super stoked. I'm like, all right, it's, it's a great song. You're right. It should get picked up. And is this the way we want to go? And I'm like, hey, we'll take whatever publicity we can. You know? Right. And he's ho- he's working on a, hopefully a cheap Tell him you want money. Forget well, publicity. Well, well people, we'll, we'll people get, get money out when they start listening to it. And we're going to get a little, a little piece of money out right. of it. But there's going to be hopefully his next commercial is hopefully with a big car company. He wants to hopefully use that too. So that's going to be some real money. Uh, but the good point is the I song heard the will song is there. so good. I yeah, I so the song it. gets out there. Sean has an incredible voice. You. I don't like, sing this bitch. This is a tenor talk. Yeah. I'm more of like a, hey, 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 like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't know it's you because I'm like, God damn, this guy, almost like, Meta- it's almost. It's kind I don't of know. a Metallica, ST, Stone Temple Pilots, yeah. maybe Rage Against the right, Machine. Right, Kind of feel. Maybe a little old Black a Sabbath. A little of that guy, uh, the Five Finger Death Punch yep, uh, singer. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, so the song guitar gonna, just comes out. It's really powerful. It's going to be on this episode. So they send me like 30 seconds of the intro. And he just, the director just did an amazing job. Has like airplanes flying in, the guy yeah. talking, landing with these 
amazing, you know, Graphics. multi-thousand dollar uh, toys. Cheap toys. Can we play it on this remains. podcast? Uh, or you is can it going to be You play the song light. whenever you want. I just can't mention the show until after the first airing in late September. Maybe like uh, we'll edit it in. You know, you guys just throwing Wait, some music in the, in the background. In the beginning, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll send you guys. It's, a good it's copy actually of it, it actually is a great song for an intro. Uh, I listened to it in his Bronco out there. It was a Blazer or Bronco. Bronco. I love the Broncos. Ninety two you know, Bronco. Everyone loves a ninety two yeah. Bronco. You can't, especially your Southern California. You can't get them anymore. Black with a cream top, like yeah, top. That's, like, that's yeah. a Baja rig right there. That's when like you it. take to Mexico and have a good time. That just brought back good memories just seeing you today and getting in your car and blasting some good that music. That was fun, right? That was so fun. But thanks for mentioning the band. That's nice. The and Voodoo we're Saints. Be doing a, hopefully the a Voodoo nice, Saints. We'll play in town about uh, eight to ten times, hopefully the Belly Up music box before we take off to Europe, and then we're going to hopefully arrive in Amsterdam in June and play a series of anywhere from eight to about 11 or 12 uh, uh, big shows. You know festivals where they have a lot of people, and I don't. We're not going to get a great spot like right before Metallica or something. But if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're just looking for like a Friday spot in the late afternoon, or, right? You know, just to right. get right. out there. And you're just be- a little bit. Uh, you just got a little bit hurt by the COVID because I now remember that you're 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 launching huge, and I yeah. remember your girlfriend. I'm listening to all your tracks. I'm like, holy shit, Sean. You're doing, this is like real music. But we may music. use those tracks faster now because we've realized we, we're, going, we're going for the festival. Okay. And people want to have faster music at most of those festivals. Yeah. They want to be yelling with a beer. Right. So we're playing to that audience and we're, we're finding more of our feel is better fast. Okay, it's so, called Beats Per Minutes. And those BPMs went yeah. up from about 124 to about 152. Yeah, yeah, so they're a lot faster. Good. Good for working out too, huh? Hitting that bag, boom, 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 uh, it's, boom, boom. It's fun. I need to do a little more stretching. I, you know, I was watching this TV show the other uh, saw him the other day, and the, that guy Faith Hill, Tug McGraw, is married to her, right. and he's 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 my age. Right. He's in good shape, got right. some guns, looks great. And no offense, Tug, if you listen to this, or uh, Tug's the dad. It's uh, Tim McGraw, and so Tim McGraw, he's he's my age, and so anyway, he's moving on stage, and I'm going to my wife. I go, he looks old his movements i go he's in shape but i like the song but he looks so old and she goes have you seen you when i drop like a silverware and you pick it up she's uh, all he's moving so much better than you and i'm like <laughs> okay i gotta start stretching doing yoga and getting ready to, to do this we're again, all getting so. old but it's okay uh, holy moly that's okay the boomers are still in charge of this world for now it's okay. we're not letting go yeah. but uh anyway thanks for coming we got the voodoo saints what else do we got? Shirtmafia.co. Shirtmafia.co. Uh, you, you mentioned um, Wonderland being the first part of OB. Yes. Well, some of my buddies got together and they opened up Wonderland, a great bar and restaurant in, in Ocean OB? Beach. And then they subsequently bought some other restaurants, but the Monarch, which is those same people mostly at, uh, in Del Mar. Okay. I would visit those. They do a sunset toast and a shot and they do a poem. It's it's awesome. If oh, you're that's in the beach great. community, stop by Monarch or uh, Monarch or as Wonderland. In Del Mar or Wonderland and Ocean Beach, you'll have a good time. All right, you, you heard All that. Right. This the support. All right, thanks so much, brother. It's good, good to see you. Great to see both of you. All right, great All right. show. Thank Cheers. you, my brother. Good to see you. That was good.